0: You are listening to the Ion Packs conversation with Tom Krell, a.k.a. How to Dress Well. Uh, This episode's from early January. Uh, It was previously Patreon only, and we're unlocking it because, I mean, it's a really insane heat episode. Um, So if you like this conversation and want to hear a lot more like it, go to patreon.com slash the Ion Pack we're constantly churning out heat like the heat you're about to hear you are no grain i don't make movies i make film west
1: anderson never make a movie instagram it's like the sound is off in the theater I, I go mentally ill why do we have to see exactly. his fucking name in the movie left-wing politics i was obsessed with trash make out with girls fassbender Doritos bags look
2: mad different. Jettison the Ion Pod. Ion's been a part of my life. M. Night Shyamalan. The movie's trash. Here I I go,
1: mentally ill. What, no Q&A? Rub Vaseline on the lens. There's a whole group of guys
2: who pretend to be making special films. Your friendship is radically beautiful. As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. Damn, Pod. You, you already know what the fuck it is. It's Pod. We're back.
0: I, ran, I actually got so nostalgic setting up this way. Like, to the r- remote early days.
2: It's sick. It is. Yeah, this reminds me of, like, Tom Tindor was talking about how he misses when we were doing the remote pods, and we have, like, me being nervous ahead of time, and, like, us shooting the shit right before the guest comes in so that the Packers can get a taste of the solo-style heat.
0: Oh, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, move my chair up and I can't figure it out.
2: (laughs) This is the first time I'm using a desktop mic mount. Sam. Are we gonna use this intro? I
0: don't know.
2: I mean, we we got How to Dress Well coming here.
0: How to Dress, Tom Krell of How to Dress Well. AKA How to Dress dress Krell. How to Dress Krell with Tom Well.
2: Tom Well, Tom Krell, How to Dress Krell, How to Dress Well. How to Dress Krell with Tom Well. Suicide dream, too. You already know. Ready for the world? Mm.
3: I was going so back true. through the
2: hits.
0: So true. Damn, dude. It's so weird when I'm looking in the ion feed and I see someone who I've met in person before who has no idea and it's like we follow each other. You know what I mean? Is that happening to you? Wait, what do you mean? Like I see some random head that we follow um, and. I recognize them as someone who I've, like, chilled with in person before. And we follow each other, like, Ion and them, but they have no idea that I'm Ion. Um, no. I've never had that. This is, like, maybe the third or fourth time this has happened.
2: I try to keep those two lives separate.
0: I mean, so do I. I I, This is just a person I hung out with once, but...
2: Well, the thing is that the bleed-over for me is people that I've met because of Ion. And then I'm just, like, a... Don't really talk to me about the fact that they know maybe or maybe they don't know, right but like I did meet them via uh, should I get this king in here? You already know. Oh man. The the tingles that I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead ass. Admit. Wait, can you like hear the street? No.
0: Okay. I am gonna close my window, but whatever.
2: Tom motherfucking Krell in the building yo king wait yo Ion. Two, are
0: you recording in Zoom? yeah i'm recording oh right, there see. he is uh king. beautiful we're here with tom Krell, aka how to dress well how to dress Krell, tom well you already know all right so the recording fucked up for like the first two minutes max maybe unless so it's fine we're just uh we bring the god tom Krell in We're talking about him living in Los Angeles, California, Echo Park. And he's talking about the homeless problem currently going on in Echo Park. That's the context. Um, All right. Here it is. You already know.
1: Houselessness problem in Los Angeles, especially through the pandemic. Um, And Echo Park, Lake Park, Lake has been a real site of... uh, that intensification, like it's just really visible and really extreme. I mean, to the credit of the people who've organized, um, around like homelessness as an issue, they've protected a lot of the campsites there from the usual city technique of going in in the middle of the night and destroying everyone's property and making them go somewhere else. Um, so it's like, feels like pretty entrenched. Um, but from my little Vista at the end of my block, you look out and it's like, if you look into the distance, it's, like, beautiful Echo Park. Come one step closer, it's, like, the the little pedal, paddle boats that are in the shape of geese and the people, like, enjoying their time, you know. And then one step closer, it's, like, I don't know, probably... Honestly, it's probably, like, 200 people living in tents around the park. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, it's really severe. It's really fucked.
0: Did that, like, pop up recently? Like, did it just get yeah. that bad? That, yeah, because I was there like maybe yeah 2019 I don't remember
1: no I mean there was always like it was always kind of like a hang spot for unhoused people and then right. in like last March there were like four or five tents kind of on the corner and then those tents spread out along the I can't ever tell what direction I'm facing in LA I grew up in like Colorado and so I always had like the mountains on my west side It was just like a known quantum in LA, I get really confused. Like what direction is that north? So that would be the south. No, the west side of the lake. Now there's like tents all the way down and like really well established, kind of like kitchen area for public use, really well established kind of goods area. Like if you need like a a chair or a, like a, you know, to patch your tent or whatever it might be like, it's all like kind of built out. Um, It's a proper encampment. It's kind of wild.
2: Um, yeah, my bro, my brother's, my little brother's out in LA, and he was just saying that like the police presence and the protesting, even just tonight, is like complete, like nothing he's ever seen before.
1: Oh, there's, yeah, I'm surprised there's protesting tonight,
2: in LA. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's on the west side, but he said like he like basically can't go outside.
1: Yeah, super, unbelievably demonic uh, vibes today, huh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um but you you, did, you were you you were in new york at, at some point right
1: yeah i was in new york from 2006 to like the middle of 2008 not that long i guess ultimately um but i did i was there to do a phd at the new school for social research and then i ended up just doing um a master's there because my <clears throat> professor and i became like really close and he took a job in germany and so i went with him
2: oh nice um to germany I for, also did a master's at the new school
1: what in what department
2: uh media studies oh respect yeah
1: it always looked like a more fun department than everything else
2: yeah it was fun it was it was a nice alternative to like classic film school shit yeah for sure um i think maybe both iron number one and iron number two have maybe attended a how to dress well show in your stint in new york turn up um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did right dude
0: how Dresswell popped off, kind of. You, I guess, you were out of New York then. Yeah, I mean, I went. So, you know, it's the the
1: story is I left New York, went to Germany, and and in my like, you know, extreme kind of creative boom, being in this foreign country, working on really interesting projects and stuff. I just started making like, I feel like my creative output just kind of like. Exploded for me personally, it was really thrilling. Like I, I just started making shit that I'd listen back and be like, Whoa, fuck. Awesome. Um, and so I started mostly releasing music from Germany. Um, yeah. And my, my, I guess I left New York in like October of 2000, like eight. No, it's it a spring. Um, and then like almost a year later, my my record came out. My first record came out. So, love yeah. remains. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, that was a that was a big record for both of us. You were yeah. kind of like a uh, record
1: for me. It Changed my life. It's crazy. <laughs> fuck
0: yeah. <laughs> you were like a, maybe not anonymous, but you were uh, you were a little reserved with the kind of press and, and image thing at first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was like really compelled by. I think it obviously it's just like a different moment in history and culture and the internet in particular, but I was really compelled by like mystery like you know i I would do this thing where like I would <clears throat> uh like before I kind of started to get attention for how to dress well, I would do these weird things where I'd like create alternate, i'd create like basically finsta like 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 burner accounts on myspace and I'd go on the how to dress well page and like trash me. <laughs> um and like talk shit to me and then i'd be like i'd go back on my account and be like hey i'm just like trying to express myself like i'm sorry like if you don't like the song like I, there's really nothing keeping on this page and i go back to the account and be like fuck you like music is serious like you don't get to just have your little fun and games like the second you put it out in the world it's like you you have to deal with the criticism whether you like it or not And like kind of like
3: Whoa.
1: like attack myself in these weird like kind of do this like um heteronymic like proliferation of identities thing and i was just really into Mm -hmm. it at the time anonymity was like cool and interesting you know it's like pre-witch house um energies were circulating so it was like fun to be like come out i remember sonar 2011 sonar by day um hype williams played a show before how to dress well and they filled the space so thick with fog you like couldn't see anyone and then they played music and then as the fog was like dissipating then you realized that that nobody had taken the stage they just hit play on something that was like the energy you know
0: yeah yeah (laughs) no exactly i mean you don't have to tell us twice about none we
2: obviously
1: yeah yeah you guys go hard for the little, little freak element i mean it just produces like a certain freak element
2: yeah it's interesting to hear you talk about like creating like your own sort of like antagonist too which i think we we've we've experimented with which is a cool ego exercise
1: yeah it's fun it's fun i like i i'm i miss it actually like i was thinking about it recently like i need to do a little bit of like i don't know it's fun to like go on like a burner and like write a comment on one of your Instagram posts. That's like, you're fucking trash loser. <laughs> Just do to like do see. That? No, I haven't in, in a minute, but now, now that we're chatting about it, maybe it's.
2: Yeah. I high mean, time. We'll throw you some burner passwords.
1: Yeah. Respect. <laughs> oh yeah. We, I don't want to see. Yeah. I don't even want to see what your burner DMS are like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <a> very true. <laughs> nasty boy. Nasty boy alert. <laughs> I wondered if you guys were using um like voice changers at first yeah because you both that's... have like funny voices
0: uh,
2: in in post we do, but you're not hearing them now yeah, yeah you're hearing the, you're hearing the raw dog
1: oh okay, this is raw nice
2: um my my voice is naturally pretty fucking. Fucked up and deep, but it, uh, it's basically unintelligible by the time we're done with it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which was actually it was fun to re-list. I re-listened to Love Remains last night, and I was like, "This is kind of like Proto Ion. This is like, yeah, yeah, this is like it was like the, the vocals. Are, I mean, everything is like it's it's so like organic. Like the, the music feels like one wave of of sound rather than you know everything sort of like very specifically separated. Yeah. Like all the
1: yeah. I'm moments. I'm trying to like do that with this new record i'm making but at us like trying to do that while making it more elevated and detailed because i really like have become uh, like as i'm working on this record i'm really allergic to this the feeling that i have when i'm listening to it that's like recorded music it's like here's right. a part and here's a part and here's a part and like the idea that like what you're supposed to do while listening to music is like listen in and like hear the production like all the parts and shit right. I'm just like so bored so bored with that
0: yeah right no Uh, i don't but then the thing
1: is you know it was it was a move in 2009 10 to just be like just wash it out um it doesn't feel like a move in 2021 to just wash it out so i'm trying to figure out what like the the like mature version of that move is it's the same thing where like now you watch like david lynch shit now and you're like dude this is so lame so cheesy but like when he was first doing it you're like whoa big yeah yeah go
0: off you think new lynch is cheesy
1: by and large yeah
0: <clears throat> you're talking to the wrong people then <laughs> yeah yeah well, are, you are, are
3: you referencing
2: are <laughs> you referencing i mean like the pod.
1: <laughs> i mean more or less like uh Inland Empire and some of the short stuff. I really liked New Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We that's what, yeah I
2: New think maybe that's what we would have a bad reaction to. It. Yeah, I, I agree. Maybe. I mean, I like Inla- Inland Empire a lot, but like, that does share a lot in common with these sort of like digital short things that he's doing for yeah. Netflix that are feel maybe the more ball. disposable. Right. Were yeah.
1: you at? Um, were you in New York when Inland Empire came out?
2: Uh, no. I believe no, it was like 2006. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I New went York to the Street. premiere, and it was like
1: stern and lynch and you know other kind of heads from the the milieu i think thoreau was on stage with them and i really lost that was like the for me where i was like oh david lynch is super super like unintelligent
2: (laughs) (laughs) was that was that new york film festival screening i think it must have been yeah
1: But in any case, it was like afterwards, like someone was like, Hey, like, huge fan of your work. Like, you know, I've I've like been tracking themes like this, this, and this. And he was just like, Hmm, maybe. I was like, ugh. That was maybe also like the energy of some of the anonymity stuff that I fell out of love with as well. People being like, What did you like intend to do with this? And people being like, I don't know, like, why don't you tell me? It's
2: like, ugh. Yeah, um. no, I, I feel being frustrated with that. I feel like that's kind of always been his shtick, like, even since Eraser had his... Yeah, totally. Well, like, he...
0: I think he, more than anyone, like, doesn't ever want to map what he does onto a larger kind of cultural narrative. He wants you to kind of just see it for what it is and not try to, you know, trace influences and trace um, yeah. things he's trying to, you know, connect it to or make a comment on. I think he he, like i i what I get from any interviewer q and a or whatever that I watch with him is that he wants you to just kind of live within each movie and just kind of not- yeah,
1: i mean, I just like fundamentally disagree with the that um stance on like interpretation
2: right. like he
1: thinks that interpretation is like a, a like a like a cognitive faculty of abstraction that removes you from the immediate experience and like this is why he loves like transcendental meditation and shit. He's like, just like, go, you know, go for a deep dive and like set yourself free. And I'm just of the mind that like, that's just like a silver bullet. Like we're always engaging in interpretation, even if it looks like we're suspending that engagement, like that's just a mode that's of true. interpreting. Um,
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm not sure. How does, how does how does that play a role, like in in your own in your own work? That's that's interesting. Like I've, I haven't heard that. Um, I, I I don't think I disagree with that, but I yeah. I th- yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear you talk more about that.
1: Well, in my own work, it's like every everything. I don't really even know like what my work is in terms of like anything unified, other than it just being like unified around my like absolutely like I don't know like contingent personal obsessions at any given moment. Like I, any I don't think that really if you played like my records all back to back to back to back to back, you'd be like oh yeah, okay, I see one thing here. Like it's wildly to my frankly to my um I've tried to be more consistent, and I just can't do it. I can't make something that like fits in with other things I've made. I've tried to like make the same thing twice as an exercise. I can't fucking do it. It drives me nuts. Um, so I don't know like how that has worked in my work across the work, but I think just in general, like, you know, I think my music doesn't ever really sound like, or very rarely sounds like natural because I'm like quite, um, I'm like always kind of like making music at the level of like music. I'm doing air quotes on a fucking podcast. That's not visible. (laughs) I'm like making music. That's always like quote music. So like I've never make like a song that's like, uh, like, you know, like, uh, like a, a techno song. It's always like a song that is like happening in the same room as a song where techno is playing on, laptop speakers or something like that. You know what I mean? There's always these like orders of mediation um, at work. And that's just cause like, it's not really because I have some kind of like high concept practice. It's just cause I can't fucking like get myself in. I think honestly, part of my problem with Lynch is that I'm like sort of jealous of like the big alpha energy where he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'll just do my thoughts. And you're like, what was the movie about? He's like, nothing. I just made it. Like
3: fuck!
1: Right, right. so I must that, feel amazing. That's yeah. Yeah.
3: That, that's yeah. what I was gonna ask.
0: So, do you take a kind of the, the conceptual or at least interpretive mindset when you're at the creation stage?
1: Not intentionally, but I think that like my experience of music is so like I mean, like you know, it's all like it all like comes back to me. I have this like extremely fucked brain that's like 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 educated to the point of like meaninglessly bursting and like when I sit down to create something it's always through these like you know like like massive layers of significance I can't like I'm I'm not a good enough musician to just like make a tune like I I think that that's another thing too it's like if I could sit down with a guitar and just like Joni Mitchell out some like chords and be like losing myself in the playing and being like, oh this chord, then this chord and this chord. But I actually have to go like, okay, like how do I make the chord? Like, okay, that's one. Okay, like what comes right. after it? Like, maybe that, no, that doesn't work. Like I it's very unnatural to me. Um right. Right. the only thing that's natural to me is singing, which is my why my singing is so melodic. Like to the point of like sometimes I'll listen back to recordings. I'm like, dude, why is every part of the singing a fucking like run? Like, I have no (laughs) restraint at all. But I think that's the only part of my music where I'm really just like, kind of like free play.
0: Yeah, it's the expressive part of of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the rest of it is more like, um, you know, like multimedia practice. The singing is just like, pure affective, like, animal energy. But even still, it's like filtered through all this shit where it's like, I remember singing like... In 2010, being like, I want to sing really fucking high, kind of as like a flex, like really high pitched. And now you see like Cardi, you know, Playboy Cardi and Six or Five AR and these like rappers who've like finally realized the flex that I saw, which is like, it's super like, it's psycho for like a rapper to talk about like harming someone but it's really psycho for a rapper to talk about harming someone in a squeaky baby voice. Yeah. You know, like, so I was always like being like, how do I want to sing? Like what, what I kind of always have this, like, if you're into it, I'm out of it energy. So I'm like right. how I remember at the time, like it was like 2000, you know, eight, nine, 10. I was like, I hate rock music and I hate animal collective. <laughs> I want to sing like <laughs> Mariah Carey. Yeah. And that just felt like the fucking, the like if you're into all that other shit uh, this is what i'm into i don't care if you like it or not like
0: right yeah well that was the biggest like rock is dead era yeah for sure now i'm
1: making like literally a full-blown i'm making a ashuga's rock record which is yeah
0: exactly well it's now it's back like more than ever which uh, i'm mad
1: though because like my friend sean wrote this like return of rock kind of trend forecasting thing oh yeah I i read that fuck I was like, no, now I have to Thank like change my shit. Cause I don't want to be like the part of Sean's little, you. yeah. Well, Sean is like hardly a critic. He's like a full
2: head right. case. So, yeah. Well, do you think that that like, <clears throat> you know, conceptual framework thing comes from like academia or is that just like an inherent part of your personality or like, what do you think that like, you know, that mentality is?
1: I mean, I think that for me, I mean, there's like a, Simple answer and then a more complicated, like biographical answer. Like the simple answer is like, well, the biographical answer is that like my brothers, my older brothers are like autistic. And I think from an extremely young age, I became like an interpreter. Like, you know, like my brothers will say shit. That's like just pure, like, you know, essentially nonsense. And I would like, I would feel myself, I'm talking like at a very young age, five or six years old, I would feel myself like interpreting it and I could see in them that I was actually picking up what they were trying to say. And so from a very young age, I understood that like communication is not what's communicated in our communication. Isn't the communication. It's something else. Right. So like there's like the symbolic order of the communication, the words, but then there's like the content or the, like the value or the meaning, which is like, you know, sort of like taking shape in relief in the words that are said. And so I knew this from a very young age. And then additionally, from a super young age, I just knew that like culture, mainstream culture was like mad violent because of like how my brothers were bullied and shit. So I just knew from a very early age that I just wasn't part of the, I kind of had a sense from a very early age that I just would never be able to fit into the world seamlessly um, because of my kin Like, because of who I am, because of who they are, I just was like, I kind of had like a, 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 I don't know, maybe a little animus towards the world from a very young age. Right. (laughs) And then there's a, that's the biographical answer. The short answer is that I also just like, you know, my, my dad is like from the Bronx and like my first experiences of my family are like. We live in this like weird, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, which is like this weird ass hippie town. And my dad just fucking hated the hippies. So we, my dad was like always clowning on like people with no shoes on and shit. And like my dad would always like make fun of how many like Tibetan rug stores there were in Boulder and shit. So I just knew from like an early age that like culture is just super whack, basically.
2: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not well, sure if that's dude, an answer you, to your question. <laughs> do you still do you still feel like that? Do you like I'm I'm curious like what you're fucking with now?
1: Oh yeah, more than ever. I mean, culture is so fucking disgusting right now. It's yeah, I
2: I totally agree and I actually think this ties back
0: to what we were saying in the beginning. So I'm curious what you think about it. The kind of, you know, 2010, 2009, 2010 era of music where yeah, you're talking about being anonymous, being this kind of thing that just emerged on the internet and got on a blog and like which yeah and then and
1: circulated amongst like a community of bloggers exactly. who exactly. were who also were like man whatever they're doing over there fucking sucks like let's do our thing here
0: right and the and the bloggers really felt like part of the community with the musicians it wasn't this kind of critic versus artist thing it was like the for people sure. writing about it and posting it and putting on for it were like one of us you know what i mean
1: well, like Man. literally all the blogs that I followed, like I started how to dress as a blog for my own music, but all the blogs that I followed and people that I was like chatting with all the time, they were all making their own music. Right. We were just like trading tracks. And then one person would be like, yo, I think I'm going to make a compilation. Like everybody make a track. Everyone would make a track would put out a compilation. It was like,
3: yeah. Yeah. It that- was
1: this weird thing where like, it was kind of a weird little wild west energy um there was the the sense that this could become the culture that kind of motivated I think a lot of people like damn, maybe there's an an opportunity to actually realize the like the gen x dream of our of our forefathers of like an actual counterculture which is popular
0: right um, well that's and and well yeah, so that so the second part of my question really is um now. Like, why did that end? Do you think it was a weird kind of attempt by the music industry to like take control back? Because now, the reason that kind of thing is not popular anymore, uh, or presenting music or art or whatever in that way, anonymous and very kind of organically on the internet, Mm. it isn't popular anymore because SEO. Yeah. And it needs to be on (laughs) streaming and it needs to be very sellable. I mean, so you know,
1: like the very, the very identity around it the very first thing about how to dress well that I always tell people is that like the name was an accident. It wasn't supposed to be known. Like I, in 2005 or four, I was like living in an apartment in Minneapolis with my friend Alex and I was making some music for a friend's skate video and I was making it like on a four track. Um, And I was moving it to my, then my, like my fucking iMac to um, send digitally to our friend. Like this was like literally the first time I'd ever put music from a a four track onto a computer basically. And I was like, what do I call it in the artist name? So I can like search it up in iTunes really easily. And he had just bought like this book, cheesy seventies, like bachelor man guidebook called how to dress well. So I just put it there just as like a mnemonic for myself, call it how to dress well. Then the first music I put out, it was in the metadata, but I had removed it from the artist field, but
2: right, it was right. in the
1: metadata and some other blogger was like the artist is called How to Dress Well. I was like, <laughs> Shit, okay. Um so it was like a total, total accident. Um, but now That's obviously cool. like never
2: happened though. Yeah.
1: Well, now, obviously, like, the metadata is, like, the, f- the the most important thing. It's, like, what you put in the foreground rather than having it be in right. the background. It's, like, I think that, like, I mean, there's, there's a, an, one part of the answer to your question is, like, this weird, like, straight-up coup. And I would love to hear the oral history exactly. from the inside in terms of the actual, like, <clears throat> per-string decision-making factors. But, like, when Pitchfork, like, made that thing called... Altered Zones. Yep. Remember yeah. this?
0: Yeah. We were just talking we, we, about we this because uh, we, we were just talking about how we like associate how to dress well with the Altered Zones era.
1: Yeah. Well, so the Altered Zones era is already the transition.
0: Yeah. Um, right. That was the first step
1: because that was when the basically the logic there was they like started this thing. I remember talking to my friend who did Friendship Bracelet at the time and I was like, so what's the oh, deal yeah. with this Altered Zones? And he's like, they just want one post a week from each of us. Like all of our blogs are still going to keep going it's actually going to drive a ton of more traffic to our blogs. Like maybe I can do advertising on my blog now. I was like, all right, sounds fine. I guess like I was like, whatever. Um, but then obviously what altered zones did is this classic kind of like consolidate and shut down energy. You know, they like brought all the traffic away from the blogs to this consolidated Mm -hmm. place. Um, and then shortly after they like, you know bled all of the small businesses dry all these like actual local blogs dry they then shut down altered zones
3: right. yeah. and
1: completely reconsolidated. like whatever stream of attention was going to the blogs then went to altered zones and then was just sucked back into Pitchfork and then Pitchfork sold to Condé Nast
0: yeah I know. that's
1: like that's the arc period yeah
0: um, and that's that's what we were we were just saying this on a episode one of our last episodes if you had taken any group of artists, you know, probably especially musicians, but um, it's really applicable to any kind of artist of any other era and said there was a way for you, like you can make something and then click a button while laying in your bed and anyone you want to have it will immediately have it. It sounds like it, it's like a total revolution. It's like you finally, there's no need for middlemen. Yeah, the, for sure. Making First of all, making it is incredibly easy. You don't have to Get a studio and rent studio time and an engineer. You can make it at home. You can like shoot your film by yourself. You can do all the stuff by yourself and get it to whoever you want from your room. It should be a revolution. Wait, what and did I just we, watch? Like,
1: I just watched a film where there's a scene where they're talking about streaming. Fuck, my brain is so cooked, dude. I'm so tired. But I just watched a film that's like around 2008 or nine or something. And the person is like, fuck, what was it? The person's like, yeah, like the internet's crazy. It's going to be crazy for music. Like, like you won't even need labels anymore. You just like put it out and then like, you can send it out, just send it out to the internet, bro. And like everyone who wants to can like go on the internet and just like grab it and like, listen to it. They'll like pay you just to listen to it. And like no labels <laughs> at all. I remember like watching it and being like, oh man.
0: Yeah, we, exactly. We really fumbled. What was the one.
1: film? What was
0: the scene in? <clears throat> I really if you to remember. remember, yeah, I'd like to watch yeah. it if,
2: if you remember the name. I don't think I've seen it.
0: I was also just talking to someone who was like, I forget why this came up, but they were like, "It it really sucks if you're not that hot and you want to be a musician. It's like you ha- <laughs> It's like more important to be hot now than ever. Like you have to be like a gorgeous oh, twenty three sure. year old. It didn't didn't used to be the case at all." I mean,
1: I think it did. I think it did. We still. I have mean, sure, we still have hella uglies, though, bro. Don't don't yeah. even trip.
0: I mean, yeah, have I you seen so. this
1: Bonnie Vare guy? Out
0: here. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but see, but he came up before. <laughs> have this you era. seen the Kanye West guy? He looks like
3: <laughs> dog shit.
0: That's what I'm saying. Could these guys have come up in the same way now if they were like if they were like 23, 24 now? Yeah, I think they could have. Especially yeah, Bonnie Bear. I, I mean, like that dude came up pretty organically. Like, I don't know.
1: I, honestly i'd love to um, i want to hear the like um like 20 years from now the actual story about how he came up though because the whole thing
2: feels mad fishy to me What the <laughs> yeah, war, like,
1: just the whole thing i'm just like gross. everything's just like i'm just like psyop bro this is a sigh. <laughs> <laughs> i want to know like the compromat that like that justin vernon has on like someone that i don't know <laughs> CAA or something
2: <laughs> no, there, you know I, I do remember reading the Bony Bear story on like his manager's like website or something and being like what I, I remember just like yeah the it's like thing it,
0: no story like around. that actually happens it's like that's some
2: uh, I latched onto it because I was like that's cool but then I was like it's probably not fucking true though <laughs> or it's like kind of yeah. true they're missing yeah some, no some... you know what?
1: it's all true he's just he's just a chiller I'm just being like a dumbass
2: <laughs> No, he's just that fire um yeah, he just has the, the hardest bars, you know? <laughs> he has been spin, spinning bars more recently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember getting in Twitter beef with Justin Vernon in, like, 2011. Over run Over hipster runoff. What was, was it? I don't know. It was, like, some shit about, like, Carl's made some post about uh, Amber Kaufman and Justin Vernon and... Uh, they were, like, coming at him being, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was, like, what is wrong with these people that they're coming at Carl's so hard? I was, like, Carl's is the coolest person of all time. <laughs> um, and then they both fucking came really hard at me. I was, like, whoa. what I was, like, why do they care? I was, like, don't they have better than shit to do?
1: Crazy. Yeah, people are wild, bro. <clears throat> no, but I think Did that, like, I, on this thing about, like, anonymity now, like, I think people have tried it more recently and it just like doesn't work like
0: because there's no nothing organic there's no organic fan base or kind of listenership it's like you have to be sold like the musician themselves and their kind of identity and what they look like and how they dress has to like that's what's being sold so if you don't have that there's no labels that are going to push you to spotify playlists, and you're not going to get attention
3: yeah i mean
1: to one of the interesting things is like music has kind of like split hard again into an underground overground kind of energy um
2: yeah
1: like you know like there's just like amazing underground music now happening again there's just zero aspiration kind of like capital aspiration in any of it
0: right
3: yeah that's
1: the thing that The weird, the, maybe ultimately the weirdest thing about the last decade is the idea that like how to dress well could be successful. Like that's preposterous, you know, like, why wasn't I just like having to like work like as like a a furniture mover? Um, Right. like why was I able to tour the world off of this like weird ass music? And, you know, it was like this really weird thing. it was really confounding to me. Like I, I said earlier, like Loverman's changed my life. Like I was just like really just being free. And then all of a sudden it was like one of the first things written about how to dress well in the New Yorker was like how to dress well, the weekend Frank Ocean. And I was like, wait, I think those guys are all rich. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. Like <clears throat> those are like, I, I, you know, I went out to lunch with Frank Ocean because we had a, a, we shared PR and he wanted to meet me and he picked me up in a Mercedes Benz. This was before he was like famous, famous. And I was like, wait, Oh, okay. I get it. He's already like popping. Like he got a big contract <laughs> from a label or something or somebody got him a whip. Like, yeah, I see this is like before my second record came out and we like went and had, we went to Fred 62 and had lunch at the diner and then like went to this like weird Airbnb. And he was like, what are you working on? I was like, I'm working on this second record. He's like, Sing it. Will you, will you sing it for me? I was like, <laughs> the record. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. Just like, will you sing me a couple of the songs? I just want to hear like the melodies. I was like, sure. So like, I sang like a couple songs a cappella for Frank, for Lonnie and his cousin, this little kid, like a little sixteen-year-old cousin. And then I was like, what are you working on? And he was like, oh, is it cool if I sing you a few songs? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, I was kind of like. I don't know, sure. I guess he like sang me a few (laughs) songs. I was like, I remember the time being like, I guess this is, I don't know. I was like, is this cool? Is this like, what's what? I didn't know what was going on, really. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it felt like very like, like it felt like artist (laughs) behavior. And I was like, dude, this is not, I'm not like an artist. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> sing it for me. that's how, that feels like a, like the prince chapelle show skit or something yeah, it's like for crazy sure. artist and like sing it for me
1: he's like will you sing me no it was wait, it was really nice it was like it wasn't like that kind of like enigmatic like ego move right, he right. was he was it was more like yeah i'd love to hear some of it would you consider singing me maybe a bit <laughs> of your tunes <laughs>
2: no, that's cute. He, he seems like a nice guy
1: he was mad nice yeah yeah lovely actually
2: um, but yeah, it's like kind of this weird thing where it's like, what, what was, what, what are these other people's trajectories versus, cause like, you know what your reality was at that moment. And obviously you felt yeah. that it was very different from these other people that you were being likened to. And
1: Yeah. There was just a lot of naivete then about the power of indie, which was like, you know, it was like this thing where like the tables are turning, like triangle records exists. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce went to a grizzly bear concert, like, yep.
3: right.
1: you know, like, the new thing is the, the internet has democratized access to music making technologies. And so now like bedroom producers can become superstars overnight. It's like that right. like was never a reality. There were still like seven figure contracts, like motivating the sales and success of big artists. Um,
0: yeah. Well, that's, I mean, The kind of proximity to mainstream success and celebrity really amped up, probably starting in, yeah, like, 08 to 2010. Like, every time in history that the underground had a mainstream uh, impact, it was kind of by accident. It just, like, slowly bled up into the mainstream. And even, like, underground scenes, like uh, venues and bars and clubs, they weren't, like, trying to get celebrities or something. It was, like, a scene that existed for the people within that scene. It was a homogenous thing. The yeah. audience and the people who hung out there and people who liked the music yeah, um, kind of grew along with the audience. It wasn't a, always about a, a kind of attempt at proximity to Cultural celebrity. Cultural shit, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, even for... in New York and the underground music <clears throat> scene here right now, it still feels, like, very much... Like you're hoping to get someone big coming to the club. You're hoping to like yeah, get sure. verified and like like uh, start maybe producing for some like big rappers. You know what I mean? There, there. That yeah, yeah. is st- that is now the ultimate goal. It isn't really uh for the culture or whatever. And not to say that I'm not guilty of the same thing because I totally no am.
1: no. I mean we're part um, of this milieu. We're like right. unassailably part of our time. You know
2: right? How but yeah,
0: you
1: it's it funny. Now? Like. How do you- I don't know. I mean, I think it's so bad. I think it's so fucking disastrously bad now. Um, I don't know if it's, if there's any saving, um, culture.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, I I heard a story from someone who I I can't name, but about, about a particular downtown New York club in the eighties slash early nineties about, I mean, it, it kind of had a reputation for being exclusive, but in the sense of it was like uh, the spot mud club. It was very for the underground and it was where all mm-hmm. the cool kids hung out or whatever the fuck. And um, it had a strict kind of door policy that you had to be like a weirdo to get in. And, <laughs> and uh, hall of notes rolled up and they wouldn't let them in. They're like uh, kind of confused and like, do you know who I am kind of vibe. And the bouncer was just like, and the club owner just didn't care because that's not what it, what it was about. Uh, and not that I'm necessarily taking a stance on if that's cool or not because I love Hall and & Oates and like <laughs> like honestly, like <laughs> yeah. obviously any equivalent of who they are rolling up. My dad like,
1: my dad is always like literally, it fucking drives me nuts. Literally like every four months my dad goes like, yo, you know what you should do? And I'm like, what? And he's like, you should take out a dress Well on Daryl's house.
3: You know this show? Is, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm
1: I mean, like, this... bro. I'm like, what the fuck do you think I'm gonna do? Like, you are gonna go on Daryl's house? Like, go to the door, like, knock, knock, like, hey, like, you don't know my music, but here's my like CV. Um, <laughs> might if I come them. in and like noodle around on a guitar with you? Yeah, like, like, what so do you I think? Like, me. my yeah. dad literally thinks that the best possible path for me musically is to just become Chromia. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's like you're, he's extremely cooked I don't, even know if Chrome, I don't even know if dave would agree with that i mean dude they're they're on daryl's house so they've obviously got the, <laughs> oh, the daryl bag the, the, you just gotta sing daryl some melodies you gotta take yeah, frank's yeah. note yeah, there, there, call, is, <laughs> there
0: is there is a the todd sorry go ahead it.
1: your story your story about hauling out that was it. Just uh, oh, to, like, yeah, no, but my
0: point being was like uh, that kind of thing would not even come close to existing now. Or even if it did, like the people who were hanging out there would not be about that. It's like you want the celebrity <laughs> shit; You can post about it on Instagram and everything. Um, and it sounds like I'm like uh, moaning about this. And I think there should be exclusive underground shit. But I don't necessarily think that because I I'm like a optimist like I love pop music mm. and like I'm not some like punk purist at all so I don't but but at the same time I I do agree that uh, the proximity to celebrity has taken such a precedent in the underground that yeah. it's really bad so I, I don't know I feel weird I feel well, conflicted about it
1: yeah one thing is like obviously the a major driving factor in this is the like mon exponential rise in like rents and cost of living in cities and shit yeah exactly so that's why you need like jay-z and beyonce to come to your baby's all right show because you need that you need to tap into even just the like the capital streams that they produce just by moving through the air you know like that beyonce like steps forward and like she parts the air with her body and like in the wake there's like just like a loose ethereal capital yeah um (laughs) And we're like so starved for money. We're so like, you know, there's just such intense precariousness, precarity that dominates our contemporary situation. That's like the driving factor, of course.
0: Yeah. And and I don't begrudge anyone who's trying to make their money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
1: do for sure. (laughs) I think that there are different why, like, I think there are different whys for needing money.
0: I mean, I'm talking I, about like I underground can, artists I'm trying to make money, but yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. I've always t- taken myself to be an underground artist and I can look back now at different phases in my life where the why was different. Um, right. For Pursuing, for doing like whatever, making a record sound a certain way or doing a certain gig or like, you know, like doing a certain collaboration or not doing a certain collaboration like with someone who was underground, like whatever it might be. And now looking back, you'd be like, oh, that was, I was like being a dumbass, whatever. I think that like, I was never a optimist because my kind of contention was always like poptimism creates a question, which I don't know how to answer. And the question is, can there be like a pop music, which isn't populist? I think right. the idea that poptimism is just like saying yes to whatever's popular. That's not what poptimism was supposed to be. You know, like poptimism was supposed to still be like somehow kind of exclusive. It was like, we're going to have like this optimism about a certain set of pop artists or pop projects that like sort of like hack the system. You know what I mean? Like sneak into the pop system right. and garner success and energy. And then in, in becoming successful, like transform the system. That's like right. the idea. It's not just like being like, if you don't like Taylor Swift, you're a bigot. Like, <laughs> Like, that's not what we wanted, obviously, out of optimism. So I'm no longer a optimist. but the problem is I'm not, like, punk and I'm not, like, a purist. So I guess at the end of the day, I'm literally just an asshole.
2: Yeah, right. Which <laughs> well, that's sucks. Right. There's, well, like, that's, nothing. I think, I, think, I think I'm there with you. Yeah, yeah I, and it's, I, like, I can't that's... justify
1: why. I, like, I like the dumb, like, I got in an argument on Twitter with someone about this. I can't remember what it was. Oh, fuck. What record was it? Oh, it's Fiona, Fiona Apple record. Yeah. I tweeted, the like the, I listened to the Fiona rap, Apple record, I tweeted that it was like the, the Jagged Little Pill musical, <laughs> um, which I don't know if you guys caught like the, the fucking, the nighttime TV performances of the Jagged Little Pill musical. Oh, no. Highly recommended. Some of the most gnarly, like cringe shit ever i mean made i love so well. Will Bill, but I don't know. <laughs> bro you have got to look at this this musical is like one of the most atrocious cultural objects it's object a of real all time. alanis
2: morissette musical
1: yeah but it's a musical about and featuring the music of alanis morissette but it's like a narrative about some other people and shit. you have to see this shit it's
0: absolutely um, I, I can't believe i never heard this before. honestly hor- you're gonna lose
1: horrible, it though. it's like oh my god it's like the most demented trash <laughs> on the face of the earth
2: <laughs> okay so you liken that to the funeral yeah yeah record and, and what so happened.
1: evidently i was like the, the reason i wrote that tweet also because people were like clowning on the jagged little pill musical at that moment on twitter so i right. was like evidently clowning people like came at me mad hard and i was like yo just so you know like i spend most of my music listening time at the time listening to like a polish guy rap like meaninglessly over like Kmart synthesizers. Like I'm not some fucking like, like I'm just like sitting in my fucking chamber, like at the top of the, whatever top of my tower, like talking shit about people. Like I have no justifiable reason to hate the Fiona (laughs) Apple record, but in the same way, like people who like it, there's no reason to like it either. You just like it because either you're into it or you like the people who like it or you like the idea of liking what the authoritative critics like, like it's all so absolutely contingent. Um, Which is not to say that there aren't like aesthetic criteria for judging things, you know, and not to say that there isn't, I'm actually, I'll take it back. There are reasons to like the music I like and not the Fiona Apple record, but it's also like, I don't care. It's so utterly trivial. It's the idea that, that these things like, Make you interesting and make your right. life have significance that is really like something, something worth talking about.
0: Yeah, well, it's like a meme of you know treating your taste as a personality trait, which is uh, yeah, for sure, which is which is really true. And yeah, I I feel the same way because I people are like you have such strong opinions, but you're literally like listening to like Third Eye Blind in the Starting Line. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but that's like a, uh, I used to love the Starting Line when I was a, when dude, I was a young I love, young boy. I stay loving the Starting Line. But. yeah you might want
1: to grow up want to grow out of that
0: <laughs> i dude, i mean
1: if i can introduce that, you but... to the some Wojciech bukowski which is what the record i'm talking about
2: oh yeah that's, that's the polish guy
1: yeah jazz duo by Wojciech bukowski cool. probably my favorite record of the last five years yeah but I know it's, it's like a some weird... yeah nihilistic polish rap over like absolute trash production it's fire
2: <laughs> that sounds sick <laughs> Yeah, I have this weird thing where I can only like I can't tell if I'm caught back in two thousand nine, but like the only new music I I get really excited about is when a new burial track drops, or if my like I have a friend in London who will send me this kind of like gang related fucking grime like drill like just crazy yeah, yeah. shit that feels really like edgy. Um, but outside of that, like I, it's kind of difficult for me to kind of get excited about new shit.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I love. I mean, I feel like the last kind of underground thing that I and this, it certainly became very non-underground, but like the PC music early days was the last like a uh, kind of, you know, internet culture, uh, online music scene that felt like it still had a, a taste of the old days, kind of, uh, independence. And that was like 2015. I mean, I'm still,
1: I'm super charged up about music right now. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really into music right now. So I, I, I like, I guess I'm just, I, don't know, um, I feel like there's new music. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. A lot of 2020 music. I mean, there's a lot of cool scenes too. Like the, you know, like last five, six years of like posh isolation, all the records they've put out are super interesting. The Principe, uh, yeah, the Principe por- cool. Portuguese stuff is fucking yeah. amazing. I mean the two bridges mailer is like a revolution to me you guys yeah. you know the the record store in new yeah, york his mailer true. is like it's unbelievable that mailer is unbelievable it's like yeah i got it, a box
2: about two two uh a two bridges two bridges music and arts is, is yeah the, kind of it, the right? thing in the like yeah. wall. yeah it's it's it's, it's 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 incredibly curated but i've i've found that there's an element of like like, record store guy, asshole with oh, just yeah. like a big uh, of a, there's for like sure. an exclusivity to the taste itself that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But oh, the music for sure. can be sex, Yeah, he like but... won't.
1: Like, I tried to email him like, a couple times about things. He like won't respond to me. Probably the Hollow Notes type energy. You know what I mean? And <laughs> like, as yeah, if he... I'm fucking important in any way. Right. You right. know, like. But I'm like, well, I, yeah, I'm too big. I'm too big as, for that shit, right. for sure.
2: No, that's interesting. Yeah, you're the Hall Notes, and, and he's the, he's yeah. the Mud Club or whatever. Uh, yeah. But I just experienced. I mean, that's I just, just that's an in indication that.
1: of like how pathetic
2: the contemporary situation
1: is. Like, you know, like I have like you know like no listenership, relatively speaking. <laughs> he's <laughs> like this guy. Get him out of Don't let him in yeah big. but i
2: think i was just a random customer and i think he probably just didn't like how i was dressed or something just literally he didn't yeah. even make eye contact with me and i was like fu- i was like this is the god that i hated it's cool store in high school i'm it into that cool and I, it I pissed me off people need I, I, a little
1: like i think this is part of the contemporary situation that's
2: so annoying is that
1: everyone thinks that they can be this is like it's the most dilettante era in human history Like, everyone thinks that because they read one fucking infographic, they can, like, go toe-to-toe with, like, they can not only go toe-to-toe in terms of their knowledge with, say, like, a professor of politics or sociology, they can go toe-to-toe with them in terms of the authority of their knowledge. So that, like, they can, like, if the professor, like, yeah, I mean, this is an abstract example, but, like, you know, like, with music and shit, people are, like, you know, like, you can overnight become an expert in, you know, like one year of Detroit techno. And then you can go into two bridges and think that you can like talk to man's about this record, but this guy's put in years. You know, like right. he deserves yep. to just be an inconsolable prick. I think he deserves it.
2: <laughs> I know, no, I, I, know you I, ag- I know, I agree you with you because, like, I was trying to talk to him about some like Japanese ambient record that, like, I, yeah, I had just heard about from some fucking website or like it, it got a good pitch work review or something. I was like, oh, this is like it literally video, right?
1: popped up on your Spotify because of like what you had, it was like on your Discover playlist.
2: Yeah, like it was <laughs> delivered to me. I didn't search for it. And like yeah. I could tell he was annoyed that that was, you know, how I was engaging with his, like, curation which did piss me off but uh, yeah I know what you mean it's like maybe he deserves to be a prick because he really like he does know and listen to much more than I do and I can accept I that. Know. As
0: someone who has been like in the hanging out in the New York music scene for like 10 years at this point I, as I got older I started to notice how the less like that people were the better their <laughs> lives were so then I just that was what Got me away from hanging out with those type dudes.
2: I mean, I see this in this is something that I experience all the time in the film world. And, like, I know, like, critics and writers and people, and cinephiles, people who watch a lot of stuff and. The the more that someone has seen is generally uh, like parallel to how miserable of a person they are and how difficult <laughs> they are to communicate with. Like, yeah, for um, sure. Which is kind of why we started the account in the first place. Um, not even really just. I mean, filmmakers can be like that too, but it's a little bit easier to swallow when it's just like pure, you know, programming curation, um, cinephile stuff. It's just like, man, these people are tough. Like these people. Probably not going to have a good marriage. The to the <laughs> their parents, are probably weird. Like, like, you know, I feel kind of bad for them.
1: Yeah, I think that all of that is like highly overrated. Like, the good marriage. I think that, like, a good life, like, the the idea that, that we should just be happy and have good lives and like have pleasure and shit is so fucking lame. It's so boring. Like,
2: so what do you think? What is it about? The asshole who's going to be mean to the kid because he's t- asking about the Japanese record. <laughs> no I think
1: that, that the problem is that it seems like there's like a choice between like it's like you can either be positive and generous or negative and withholding but you can be negative and generous that's like the yeah. dream right like but I think that in general like people have such a fucking low threshold for the the path of despair you know what I mean like like really like learning and like whatever, like uh, personal and moral growth and shit, like these things only come through anhedonic experiences of difficulty, even pain, you know, Mm -hmm. like it is fucking difficult to learn something new and not just sort it under your pre-existing knowledge, you know, be like, yeah, I know that. Sure, like, that's not going to make an impact on me, but to like let something make an impact on you and then realize like, oh, I don't know fuck now I have to like yeah like I would say like the greatest learning experience for me in my entire life like regardless of like all the different individual classes I've taken and books I've read and shit like the greatest experience for me was going to the new school when I was 20 years old when I started graduate school and being around like people in their 30s who are finishing their PhDs people in their 40s who are finishing their PhDs and the professorship like and seeing just how monumentally clever these people were, how much smarter they were than me. And like, they asked questions, which I couldn't even understand the question. Um, and watching them in like our weekly talks, just like shred each other. That was like, made me realize like, Oh, you can't just open your mouth. It's not like your God given right to just open your mouth and say what you want. It's not your God given right to just make a record. Like, you know, there's this new movement on Spotify to, to make the users, the creators. So they want to, they want to like, um, have people pulling beats that other people on the platform have made down singing a top line over it and then uploading it to Spotify for listeners to, to hear.
3: Right, right.
1: And the idea of making this like totally democratic, um, you know, like no barrier to entry, thing like it the quality is going to be so low it's going to be oh, yeah. so it's just like an absolute like cannonball like into a pool of mediocrity
2: well the, i mean that yeah that we kind of saw that with soundcloud and that exists with vimeo and that exists just with i guess the internet at large is just like yeah. the oversaturation point of like oh anybody can do it and then there's a lot of bullshit i mean there could be a lot of yeah, yeah. cool shit too but yeah I, well I, the thing i, I always say that i think
1: this. my friend matt said to me first was like there's a super abundance of music right now or films um their purpose remains extremely scarce right
2: right yeah no that's that's definitely true um responding to what you said before about your grad school experience that's that is really interesting because I I had you know I, I had a similar experience but I had a very different reaction than you which was that You know, I was a part of those very sort of highly academic conversations. You know, every week, almost every night, and I think that maybe, maybe it was an immature reaction. But I, I ended, I I kind of left that place, being like, "That's those are not the pools of conversations that I'm." It's just like too callous, right? Well, that just felt like they were crawling up their own ass a little bit, and I was like, I well, no, the thing that that broke me was that I was like, none of these people will necessarily make the difference, because they all are very intelligent, but I don't know if they're going to do anything that's going to make any sort of difference. I think they're just going to fucking keep talking about it or do, you know, write some piece of writing that'll get published that the other three people in the class are going to be like the majority of the people who read it. Like, I just didn't see the real world implication of their existence.
1: Right. Well, Well, I mean, so two things on that. One is like, I also like left academia and didn't pursue a career in academia because I found it, you know, largely like pretty silly. Um, And like, you know, working on my dissertation these days, it's like, I'm looking at like, a pile of books right now that were all written for other people writing the books in the pile and nobody yep. else has read them yep. you know like it's very masturbatory and insular exactly. um the second thing though that I was going to say oh is like this idea that like why do you care about real world implications
2: well because like, I care about like culture and like
3: yeah
1: but like, the real world is so the real world is like like so fucking vacant it's unbelievable it's so violent and so vacant like you know the the people would people said to us like last year you know when we were like raising all this money for bernie sanders and shit like the real gotta like live in the real world by which they meant like this biden trump dyad of ineffectual psychosis like
2: right
1: the real world is atrocious it shouldn't be metric
2: yeah, no, I think that, well, I think when you're say, talking about, like, you know, maybe not everybody has the right to make a record. Um, I definitely disagree with that. But I think that the reason for that is because, like, I do see art as sort of an antidote to the violent, vacant world that you're talking yeah, about. Like, it can that, be.
1: It can be. But there's also, like, an entire idiom of self-expression that, like, you know, I've done some, like, freelance work in advertising and, like, Foot Locker. I mean, that's not a good example. Talk about like Gatorade, you know, Gatorade is all about like helping you express yourself. Like that's like what all these brands want too, is to create opportunities for people to feel like they're engaging their like self-expressive organ, um, through the brand, you know, like self-expression is, I don't mean to say that like not everyone has a right to make an album. I think everyone has a right to make an album more than I would advocate for everyone being, you know, like what Mark said it, like, you know, you're like a fisherman in the morning and then you're a poet in the afternoon and a sculptor by evening. And, you know, like, I think that like that is the right way for human beings to live. But I think that a lot of people, when they try to engage that self-expressive organ, they just become like little,
2: brand pumps, you know. Well, Insta- Instagram is that too. I've, I mean like and we talked about this with Eugene a little bit um just how Instagram and social media even all dating all the way back to MySpace can become the sort of disguised version of like you're expressing yourself, you're creating a personalized profile and you are like, you know, translating your soul into something that is digestible for other people and kind of engages your creative brain when in fact it's it's all through this larger brand and they're giving you access to doing this thing via their you know their marquee yeah
0: yeah well i i when i first moved to new york uh i was very much like That Two Bridges kind of, or I thought that Two Bridges kind of guy was very cool and I wanted to learn about all, I was deep into finding some weird fucking like Russian synth pop record from the 70s. And like I was deep into, you know, learning about all different weird pockets of music and art and film and and, and kind of collecting my taste like that. And I thought it was really cool. And then as I started to get into my mid-20s, I started to realize, like, wait, why did I come... Why am I doing this? Like, why am I pursuing... Why am I, like, living in New York and trying to be an artist if if I like, if like it's this kind of thing I have to put all this weird work into? It's like, it shouldn't be like that. And then that's why uh, the older I got, the less I started hanging out with people like that. And the more I started, like, just listening to like Oasis and not thinking about it. And I, I found that, um, even as an artist, I felt way more kind of free and uh, honest because it was really kind of tapping into what was truly going on in my brain and not, and I lost the kind of curatorial side of building a taste, which then, uh, Bleeds yeah. into what you make, and then makes it just be like, "Why am I even doing this?" I don't know. Maybe this—that's not true for everyone, but it, it was for me. And it,
1: well, it, no, I think that you name something like interesting, which is that like there's no like way to know in advance which which kind of behavior is going to be authentic or not. Like the yeah. you know you're told like that curation shit that's authentic. Like you're told like oh the the authentic guy is going to be like a negative asshole, but that's just not true. You can like you know, especially nowadays, you can train yourself on that personality. You can like Virgil any, any, you can Virgil anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can Virgil an authentic asshole. So you can have this like pseudo authentic quote, like in quotes, like Virgil style, like authentic negative asshole with perfectly refined and curated taste. But it's still just a simulation. Like you still have the same, I don't know if it's like the approach is disingenuous in some way or, Yeah. Like you can, there's no way to know in advance whether like, I mean, this is also just like a, like a practice that, you know, we should all like strive for is like, you can't, you can't know in advance if somebody is, is like legit or not based on like just a couple like trappings, like looking for the, like, you know, like, I mean, it's like, you know, one of those things you do when you're young, you're like, you like meet a a guy or a girl and you go like, you know, have you seen like in a year with 13 moons and then they like say like no what is that and you're like fucking losers
2: like you know like whatever yeah. like you know that's so cheesy it's so cheesy to be like I've that done, i've for sure done that i'll admit oh yeah for sure for sure with, with that specific movie <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure for sure <laughs> or which someone... i saw at the
2: new which i saw at the new school
1: it's a fire-ass movie
2: yeah <laughs> kave showed it
1: <laughs> yeah or, or dude like... kave goes hard you know do you know um yep. I was supposed to have, so like I organized this, this is like so lame to be talking about on a podcast. This is fire. I I organized this, like the first international summer school for German idealism at the university of Bonn in Western central Western Germany in 2010, um, right before my first record came out. And so this summer was supposed to have been the 10th anniversary of the summer school. And I was going to go back to Germany and, take part in the summer school and, and give some talks about my research and stuff in it. And another thing that we were packing into this trip to Germany was my professor from New York and then in Germany and I have a shared love for the show about the show, Kaveh yes. Zahidi's show about the show. And we you know. were going, we organized a conference. Kaveh was going to come, me and Marcus Gabriel, my professor, were going to give talks on the show about the show. We were going to screen the whole awesome. show about the show all week Incredible. in this theater in Bonn. We are going to do this like cave kind of like, you know, the like philosoph the philosophy of the show about the show conference. And then the fucking pandemic took it out. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we can do that, you know, in 2029 or whenever this, whenever COVID
2: 28 comes down. Totally should. We, we refer to the show about the show a lot as like <clears throat> one of the uh, important works. Of, yeah. Of sure. John. Have you It's been
1: listening one of the most to... important works.
0: Have yeah. you listened to his podcast that he started? His no. podcast thing. Whoa, he's, he's doing like he's a, doing, a, what's it called? It's called, it's, it's
2: called like stories. I
0: yeah, he's doing one a day for all of 2021, and it's like a few each episode is a few <laughs> minutes. Him telling a story, it's incredible. <laughs> it's really incredible.
1: <laughs> it's like uh, That's fire. I love that.
0: You, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of his, you have to you have to hear it.
2: It's a format yeah, I mean, that's going to work really well for him. So.
1: He's such an extremely committed person.
2: Yeah. Um, is, I really appreciate yeah, he, him. He's the most he uh, in terms of the film world he's like the most dedicated uh, blindingly dedicated person I've ever met. Well, other yeah, than Eugene. Yeah, yeah.
1: Other than Eugene. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, he's he's got Eugene B. Brown, <laughs> large large on his. Like, well, the thing I'm about getting, Kave,
1: Kave, is like a, or, th- Kave is like historically important. You know what I mean? He is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. yeah.
0: But I, the Kave, the kind of one of his main, like kind of driving force is something I was just talking about. Like, uh, why, Like, why am I doing it? Yeah. Which is, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Which is.
1: But I would also say with, with Kaveh, it's this question, why am I doing it? And then also just this kind of like, um, this kind of manic impulse that kind of like graphomania, almost like this, like, like expressomania, he has to simply, he cannot not do it. Exactly. So asking why is not like something, you don't do this thing from the outset and go like, okay, let me get my purpose in order. Um, before I like make my decisions and do my do my expressive acts or whatever like the great thing about the show about the show is that the show about the show doesn't start out as the show about the show yeah right no. the show about the show starts out as a bunch of other shows and the kind of inchoate desire and also non-desire to do a show he's like oh, I don't really know if I want to like for some reason he feels compelled it's like compulsion and the attempt to like find purpose within the compulsion
2: Right. Yeah. 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 He's so good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a process thing. It's um, it it, the process becomes the piece, which is. Yeah. But he yeah, it's it's strange because it's in a way it's very a lot of his stuff, maybe especially the earlier stuff is pretty selfish and he doesn't have very much uh, (laughs) regard for the other people in his life or the people involved. Um,
1: yeah, it's super nihilistic, yeah, but ironically,
0: yeah. I think that kind of selfishness is is what makes his work you know feel very human <clears throat> and relatable and and um, what makes it kind of open. you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, for sure, yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's backed off of the selfishness all that much. I think he's just like at a different point in his life. He's he's an older man, but you know, the show about the show has, has wreaked more havoc on an individual's life than I personally have ever seen any piece of yeah. work affect their own life.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure.
2: Which is I mean, it's awesome like, to watch. <laughs>
1: it's, it's incredibly powerful. Um, <clears throat> it's again, it's like this thing. It's like at the, at the absolute peak of self-indulgence is this kind of radical pure self-sacrifice yeah, yeah. you know it's so yeah. fucking i mean it's like really philosophical work really like not not that not that major. the work yeah but i think the thing about him is it's like it's almost incidental what kave thinks it's like what kave does is <laughs> philosophical it's not like this is like when you ask me like if i'm making music in an abstract way like I definitely don't like think about Hegel. Like this is the thing that's been so hard to relate to music critics. They'll be like, so Tom, like you're doing a PhD in nihilism and German philosophy. Like how does that affect your like mediocre R and B song? I'm like that. It doesn't, it literally doesn't. (laughs) It affects me. Yeah. And then I make the work. But yeah. like, I'm just making the work. I'm just making. The, now I literally sound like Lynch. I just, I'm just making. Well, the work. I,
0: I was about to say, isn't that kind of? Uh, I think that <laughs> kind of Not is Lynch. why Lynch says what he says because he's, he's. I, I think he probably has his own, uh, you know, personal interpretation and kind of yeah. justification of what he does. I but he's I, saying at the end of the day, it might
1: be a personality preference. But yeah. I prefer the like manic frictionless spinning in the void of Kaveh Zahidi just like saying whatever he thinks he can say over yeah. the like calm reserved David Lynch like I'd prefer not to I'd prefer right. not to say you know I'd right. rather listen to like what's interesting about Kaveh is people go like what's it about and he goes like yeah yeah um so it's this like thing it's like about all this stuff and they're like dude no it isn't and he's like oh
3: shit yeah, yeah okay <laughs> you're
1: right you're right you're right um Okay, it's like about this and they're like no. And he's like he he never I feel like Lynch still holds out the idea that there is something that he's he could describe and would fail to. Whereas Cave knows it's just a life right. of process and description and redescription and like right. kind of like this incessant failing. Um, whereas I think Lynch thinks he's been successful in his filmmaking. That's my ultimate. Honestly, my least favorite thing about people is 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 when they think they've been successful, right? With yeah, like an idea right. or a yeah. film or something <clears throat> like that. Kind of,
2: yeah. Like, like that sort of complacence that comes with that.
1: Yeah, but just like the the like the satisfaction. It's just like yeah. It's just like ugh.
0: <laughs> well, come
2: on, it's gross.
0: I I actually think what you're saying then is maybe a, a plus one for Lynch in my mind. Cause in my mind, if you aren't uh, trying to, or at least or you don't want your audience or, or whatever to have a kind of concrete um, <clears throat> objective interpretation, then you aren't going for success because success is, is too ill-defined. Success is just that they had an experience. You know what I mean?
1: That's Lynch, though, right? That's what I'm saying. Lynch is like that, you had an experience,
0: and like that's right. the kind of the only barometer for success, which I, I agree with personally. I think you know there's something to be said for the success being someone had an experience, not the success was uh, I successfully or I you know conveyed this point or um, got this idea across. It was this person saw it and had an experience, and that that that's all. That's the cap for success. That's kind of how I interpret. I really Lynch's like personality.
1: I really like when I get like <clears throat> Instagram messages from completely unhinged people. They're like, yeah. "Hey, I listened to your record. I was super suicidal, and I was listening to your record, and I started thinking about like my sister, and I realized that me and my sister are actually da da And they just like will write this like absolutely uncorked, and I'll be like, in my mind, I'm like, this is not what the music was about in the slightest. Um, <laughs> I rather have that than someone who's like, "Man, I listened to your record." beautiful right you know like (laughs) yeah yeah well i don't know i something about the like i like that we got to kave because something about the kave energy of just like the the only pleasure is in the like failure and repetition
2: yeah no i I saw you comment about something about kave somewhere on instagram and i was like whoa that kind of makes sense that he would he'd be a kave head yeah i'm really hard for kave that we went got to talk about would you ever make a movie
1: I would love to. It just seems too difficult.
2: Yeah. I feel like very expensive. I'm making
1: a, um, I'm making a kind of movie actually, I guess right now, Mm -hmm. which is, I was like offered like a really great payday to do a live streamed concert, which is like something I sort of said I wouldn't do, um, to my manager because I think they're so bad um, yeah. and sad. And so instead I decided it like occurred to me that instead of refusing it, it'd be interesting to take the payday and then work with like a filmmaker to make a, I guess, a live streamed play, I guess is what it would be. Um, where my music, the live performance of my music functions like diegetically in the film. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I, I'm trying to think what the example where I... It was in... Did you see this this movie called So one e 3 from last year?
2: No, I've, I've heard about it though.
1: Yeah, super interesting movie. Um, but there's this one scene where... Um, like person is like walking up staircase and you hear them you hear this music playing You're like oh that's it's like the score feels a little weird and then they walk into their apartment and their housemate is like making music on Ableton they like walk past them making and close their bedroom door and then the music goes into the weird muffled sound again and it occurred to me that I could do like a live show where my music is happening I'm for some reason performing my music in a space and there's a it's not like a concert it's more like A little bit more ambiguous than that but my music is is like a a live performance of my music is part of this thing but it's it's more broadly a um a narrative play
0: right well that's i mean that's how i feel about so i'm making
1: i'm making this right now
0: like these live so. stream shows, um, if they're going to be done and if they have to be done for some kind of foreseeable future, they have to be. Yeah, they have to take a different <clears throat> form than live streaming a show because yeah, live just like well, performing live on Zoom just sounds like worse version of your music. Like you have to do something else with it.
1: Yeah. Well, and the worst thing right now, I'm you know I'm doing I have this like Patreon where I'm putting out like old stuff that I've never been able to release because of like restrictive recording contracts i'm putting Mm -hmm. out like some new stuff like one of the things you know i have a piece of music that i made for the um the tram at the getty i was like the only artist ever asked to produce an original piece of music for the getty tram Mm -hmm. um yeah it was really a cool experience and i'm i've commissioned a new piece of video art from this la-based artist um to to go with that and like, you know, each month there's like a different kind of like art project that I'm putting out. Um, and, and that's
2: all on first, your Patreon or
1: yeah, that's on my Patreon. It starts like January is the first month of the program. It's just 12, 12 months of this program that I've laid out on the Patreon. You can see the details there, plug, but plug it. what's the, what's the URL? It's patreon.com slash how to dress well. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, the first month. I'm doing, I'm releasing this like kind of primordial soup of demos from the new record I'm working on that are like super unprocessed, unmixed, It's very weird sounding. Um, and I never share music at this phase. I've never shared works in progress. So it's a totally new thing. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm releasing this ML GAN like machine learning video to go along with the, the music. And... I'm like, I've written about it for the January program. And I really hate, I like the art that I made using it, but I hate the idea that I could like it, that it would be enough to be like, Oh, I made something with machine learning. My biggest fear for the like live streaming world is that people will just be like, cool. Like now music can just completely exist at the intersection of art and technology. You know, like I really don't think it's enough to just like use technology and like, have that be your art practice. And that's, that is like the, I, the only thing like I see people doing on live streams that's any interesting is anything interesting is being like, you know, like something that's like sort of like quasi VR or like that's done through an avatar that's digital. That's like mocap and, and like, you know, that you can like access through Oculus. I'm just like, no, like, why what's the purpose? Like, like, and so I'm writing about this, like, you know, I'm, I'm putting out this ML video, but my point about it is that like, I liked it because it was like my best point of access to like um, an experience of nature while trapped in quarantine, not because I'm interested in the, the infinite potential that technology shows us as art makers or whatever, Um, I don't know. I just saw like Arca put out like a a 100 song remix pack where they remixed a song using computers. They're like machine generated remixes. I'm just like so
0: unmoved. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've (laughs) talked about this before. I think the the role that technology plays in any art is the way the relationship that the artist has with it and how they kind of use new emerging technologies to kind of enhance their craft but they have to go hand in hand they can't just be the technology like that's how you get to kind of shallow just like just aesthetics yeah and that's I mean I think that's a problem more than ever in the kind of nostalgia yeah. era of kind of um, copying aesthetics and, and tropes of previous, um, previous generations or previous decades or whatever, uh, that the, you can kind of nail the the sounds and the looks and the technology, but you're not nailing what made those aesthetics special, which was the relationship that the artist had to them and how they, yeah. they used them to kind of enhance their own craft. And that's why these technologies gave birth to aesthetics that define decades because of... The relationship that the artist had to them, not because of the technologies themselves. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you if you I don't know which of you said you had seen So One Eo Three, but it's this is like what it's about in a way that's super interesting. It's like a film about um, two people who I mean, roughly speaking, it's an extremely impressionistic movie. Um, it's like on the verge of being like pure like art video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, but it's about it's a, it's a minimally the narrative scaffolding is like people fall in love on a video game, um, and like stay on it for so long that they're, then they're going to play the night that the server finally shuts down on the game. Um, and it's like, should they meet in real life? Do they fall in love? And a lot of it is like video game shots. Um, but it really has like the technology. It's, it's an amazing reversal, it was for me viewing it. It's an amazing reversal where every time the technology appears, it appears because it's, it is the only place where like the vital emotional content of the film could be expressed. It's not just this like clout chasing, like technophilia, you know, like energy. Right. I mean, I also think that a lot of the, a lot of the attention on technology and contemporary art market is the precise same dynamic as Jay-Z and Beyonce saw Grizzly bear as a pitchfork headline. It's like technology is just this capital. Like, um, it's like a massively energetic capital magnet right now. And so we're like, okay, cool. Like I want some of that capital, like totally unselfconsciously you're like, I want some of that capital. I guess I got to like make my music sound more like technological, maybe get a a thesis about technology in the press release, like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just it's I think it's I think it's really like the maybe the, the biggest like delusion of our artistic moment is the idea that being interested in technology as a theme in your work is anything more than just just like chasing capital flows. Right um <laughs> i mean like all my friends make this kind of music so i'm just being an absolute savage prick but <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i mean I, I
1: i i came on the ion pack because i thought that like i could sit be like nice and then i'd get like maybe like a few like messages from people make some new friends and stuff and instead i'm like i came on with like the full like i'm a like an absolute savage
2: prick
3: energy you know, the, the, gu- <laughs>
2: the guns are blazing no i've, I've actually it found sucks. this to be like the most stimulating conversation i've had in a while yeah just because i feel like there's oh, like hard <clears throat> hard hard-boiled opinions and i think that that i, I think that yeah. the common ground that can be found in that kind of conversation to me is just more stimulating and interesting I agree and if I, we were just like yeah word fucking vr shit's cool yeah like, that's i mean that's yeah, yeah. This,
0: this pod has always been functioning for everyone for both of us especially but i feel like for a lot of guests too, has been a very like get it off your chest like therapeutic thing <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah I, honestly that's
1: also like i will say that's also the kind of the energy of the anonymity too like when i first put out how to dress well like i would get especially because i also used some kind of like occasional images of like really like i i was at the time really into that like kind of sector of tumblr where it was like sensual tender bondage aesthetics oh yeah you know
0: i remember that like yeah
1: i used this image for when i released i released an ep called can't see my own face that was these like two people in head-to-toe bondage with like air air pipes connecting them and they're like holding each other like almost in like a dance and i was just like obsessed by the image because it was like the idea that the only way, I mean, I'm literally now describing everything I've said. This is a nice little button up, like the only way that these people could accomplish this, like scene of totally tender intimacy, which is obviously sexual, but then also has this kind of like reciprocally maternal energy. Mm -hmm. Um, The only way they could accomplish that though was through these insane levels of mediation, you know, like how fucking difficult would it be to get on one of those latex body suits? And then to get, to get it together, you're both blinded by these latex hoods and you're breathing each other's breath. Like this is absolute, like the degree of difficulty is super high. Just really like cranked levels of, of like perverse mediation. Um, and I was really obsessed by that image, but then like, because I was putting out the music anonymously, I started to get like, especially very early. I got a lot of messages on Tumblr and the blog spot from people, that were these like really fucked up um, immediate expressions of intimacy. And it really, it, some of them still, as I think about it, like fucked me up. I, I once had an encounter with someone at a concert where I had to like, tell, I had to tell them that based on what they told me, I had to like call the, I had to like make sure that they were not going to die right. um, yeah. because people felt when it's an anonymous signal and it's just this affective signal, it's like so open that yeah. people felt like they could respond to it with a, with a, a, with a, you know, with the same degree of openness. Right. It was like really tough. It was tough on me. But I th- all the all of this goes to say that the reason people come on the Ion Pack to like blast off is because of the anonymity.
0: Right. Well, yeah. that's, well, that's, yeah. it's interesting, especially because your music is obviously, uh, You know personal in that way it's it's definitely not this kind of arca techno uh uh kind of cold love
1: arca by the way love techno arca's so sweet she's (laughs) like literally such a sweet person
0: i don't mean techno as in the music techno i mean like uh yeah technophilic exactly yeah Yeah. um but there is something more personal about the anonymity which seems like a paradox but it's actually not because you you don't have anything to map uh, what you're hearing or listening, what you're seeing or, or hearing yeah. onto. It's like, it's just totally amorphous and it still feels personal, but there's there's no ego in it or there's less ego in it because there's Well, not, I think that was, yeah, one of the interesting things onto, for me yeah. about,
1: yeah, about making that music initially was that it was like, I loved in ambient music that like open map You know what I mean? Like I could like, I could experience affects kind of, I did not know what shape they were. Um, but then when I started like doing it, but also singing, I realized it was really had this power where there was like, there were like, there was like the minimal kind of shell of the ego of a person that would allow people to kind of like attach emotions in a more intense way. But then Mm -hmm. still the maplessness of ambient music. That was like the thing that felt like I was like in my own practice. I was like, whoa, sick. Like this is sick. Right. Um, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. Like because you don't want just pure maplessness. No, I watched another movie recently. I watched that movie uh, Long Day's Journey into Night or whatever.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I hated it. Oh, really? Absolutely I actually almost it. put that on the other day and watched something else instead. It was recommended to me. See, I'm doing this thing now. It was
1: recommended to me by a uh, friend of the pod, so... I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I'm I, well, saying... I, it I actually I actually wonder if it was the same yeah.
0: person because a friend of the pod recommended it to me as well. Who's the friend? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's an anonymous podcast, bro. You don't do that kind yeah, of... So yeah, true, yeah, so yeah. true.
2: Um, no, I also did not like that movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's just like this kind of like... I don't know, just proliferation of shit, like, super... It felt like, I don't know, it felt like Drive, but for grad students.
2: Yeah, very (laughs) much so.
1: You know, just, like, aesthetics, aesthetics, aesthetics,
2: like... Have you seen that director's previous Kylie Blues? No.
1: Is that the name of the film?
2: Yeah, that that director's first film is called kylie blues and i think that yeah i mean they're both very like openly abstract and sort of impression. they're not even impressionistic they're just sort of like they are they have this ambience to them where they kind of feel as if maybe they're communicating a lot but not really at all yeah Um, and it's
1: like it's like okay like we're gonna have a totally normal scene but we're gonna shoot it through like the back of the car and the camera's gonna like push forward through the car Yeah, and it's gonna look like fucking crazy dude it's gonna look so
2: sick well long day's (laughs) journey gets caught up in like having like a technical ambition which makes it even more annoying like at least in kylie yeah it's a little little bit more low-key and it's just like oh yeah it was was beautiful Uh, and in this movie it's sort of like why why are they trying so hard to do all of this like hollywood shit
1: yeah for sure for sure i mean my big take on uh long day's journey is that it's basically like a movie for People who, like, saw Tarkovsky's Mirror and didn't get it and thought it was just a <laughs> concatenation of images,
2: or they just thought it was cool,
1: and they, yeah, they were know. just like just stoned enough to be like, "Damn, this what? movie is just a flow of images."
0: Well, that that's
1: <laughs> 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 this movie's but a I, f- fire ass. This movie's a fire ass flow of images. Uh,
0: but that that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. That interpretation of of that that shallow interpretation of just the aesthetic is the thing that i think is the biggest downfall of our, our kind of nostalgia generation for making art is that mm. it's a very it's it's a very surface level um, interpretation or influence from everything it's pulling from and it doesn't it doesn't look to why those <clears throat> things worked and what they're influenced by it just looks at what worked and takes that, you know what I'm saying? For
1: sure. Um, Yeah. Just like totally abstract retro nostalgia.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it's, I I don't know if, if that's like going to turn around kind of, if things are going to become less nostalgic like that. Uh,
1: I mean, I I don't, I don't, I think that like, I think that the world is going to change so fundamentally. I think that the world, I think that what we're processing as like in our lifespans is a change, like an absolutely fundamental change in the world. I think that like globalization kicked off in this novel form, like before we were all born, but in whatever the mid seventies say this like neoliberal globalized capital that then connected up with like financial capitalism and spun out of control. We had like a sick, like cocaine fever dream for 15 years, 20 years. Then 2008 happened. And we have just now begun to taste the, the like new world. And Mm -hmm. I'm like completely doom-pilled on the future. I think about, um, there's a scene in the Sissy and Lou book, um, deaths End where people are talking about like the future, like what, what is the future? What, what are the connotations of the future? And the writer says like, you know, it's a historical determination of the future to think that like the future means the better, the progress, etc. Like if you asked people, um, 50 years after the fall of Rome, what they thought of the future, the future was a processual downslide into more and more chaos from this great thing called Rome. Um, and we all lived through a long period of whatever, maybe like, you know, the 1770s until, I don't know, 2008, of the idea of the future being the better. Future is better. Future yeah. is better. Like tomorrow, tomorrow's another day. Let's go again, you know? And I think that like we are entering a new phase of the meaning of the future um, and a really new. I just think we're entering a really new world. So, you say, is it going to, is music or film or culture, or whatever, going to turn around? I mean, I, you know, one thing I've been thinking about, trying to think about very seriously, like really stare it down is like, is music a like relic of a now bygone historical situation? Like, is music over?
0: I, I've, um, I've thought, that I've had that same thought. And um, yeah, I think no, but I, so, I mean, this is like a generic opinion, but I don't see how how the state of the industry right now could possibly advance. Like, it, it could only crumble or just... Well, and it's so know, young, it's too. The
1: music right. industry, at, like this music industry, is at most the one that started in the 60s at right. if right. If it's not just a totally baby-ass, you know, like since streaming a completely new industry in fact even if it looks like it's the same industry maybe some of the same people work in it um i mean you know one of the most interesting things for me in my career is like having put out music put, put out three records two of which um like weren't even for sale on the itunes music store you know love remains and total loss itunes you didn't buy music on itunes yeah. for those records really yeah um you ripped you bought a hard and you ripped a hard copy you ripped it into your computer for it to have files yeah which is so sick i think about that such a fucking freaky little vibe but then my third and fourth records between my third and fourth records like my music shifted to streaming you know and the whole musical landscape changed completely um now i'm putting out music into a context where like i'll work on a record for three years and you know you put it out And you, you work on something for three years so that like in a 24 hour period, everyone who might listen to it does just long enough to determine whether it's trash or fire and then they move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so bizarre. It's, it's really weird how, especially music, but I'm sure it's true for everything too, has to really kind of, while making it and while writing it, you really kind of have to think about this really, uh, an immediacy and I don't even just mean in terms of like hooks or catchiness or something. I mean like just a sonic, first five seconds, or aesthetic yeah. exactly, yeah. like immediacy. Just oh to yeah, get not even that's the thing. The it's not
1: even like in the it's not temporal immediacy. It's like the 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 character of the content.
0: Yeah, the, it's like a cadence. flashing light. It's like a like yeah. it's it's not yeah it's not because before if you wanted to even if you kind of were thinking that while writing it was about like a a good melody or like a hook. It, now it's mm-hmm. like no, I got to just get their attention. Uh, it's very weird and yeah, I don't know, but
1: I mean, you know, my big, my big, like philosophical take on all of this is that like the character of our media consumption affects our character constitution by which I mean, like, you know, like. I used to have like a few records. I was like four or five. I had like seven tapes or CDs or whatever. And i probably didn't even listen to half the songs on them, but because I had them, if that band came through town, I wanted to go see them live. And I had this material connection to the band and their destiny through the possession. And now there will be like kids who play my record, like, 250 times every song they know every song and they never even think to spend a dollar on my you know yeah on my desk my destiny or whatever they don't they just because of the ephemeral character of the constitution i'm not a real object to them but then the ultimate turn of this is they're not a real subject to themselves in virtue of this Like if we are reduced to just these kind of like nodes of like a totalized rentier economy where like, I don't own the furniture in my house. I don't own the computer that I use. Like this kind of like everything's in the cloud. Everything's on lease. Like what kind of subjectivity can develop in there except like a, a, a subjectivity that is as thin as a fucking like puff of smoke, you know? Yeah. Like, how can you develop the kind of thick subjectivity we would call character or selfhood, even under the these conditions? It's very right. fucked. And
0: and the I the, had a,
1: an ayahuasca trip where I had extreme grief for all the children, um, who fight to have selfhood under contemporary circumstances.
0: Right. Right, and it's going to be perpetuated by. The, the kind of models going forward i mean look at the the uh ceo of spotify saying uh oh you just have to make music uh, make new music quicker it isn't like it used to be you have to like push it out all the time like that's yeah love that like, that's shit. just the attitude um so well, sick though that he says shit like that i uh, really I mean, appreciate it, it yeah exactly <laughs> it was like I'm, I'm glad he was saying it because like we all know it to be true it's, it's <clears> wild <throat> as fuck it's better but, than
1: the like joe Biden. it's like that's like full trump energy that guy exactly, saying that yeah. whereas the like biden energy would be like the spotify ceo being like we love music man and that's like you're like wait can you say yeah. more and he's like ah, music brother yeah
0: exactly love it man <laughs> i know I, I know like at least he's like uh, at least he's really you know mask off but yeah mask off for sure
2: <laughs> But this it, whole thing makes me like the the guy in the record. I was store just thinking that. I was just thinking that. It's I was like those, just thinking those, that. Those guys are carrying the torch of maybe the thing that is more valuable. I know. Which I was just having a material it. connection to. Well, uh,
0: having art. a material connection is this other thing that I was just saying about um, how scenes used to be. It's the the audience being as integral as a part to the artist's existence as the artist yeah. themselves. Which um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this I, is
1: all the shit like. I would really, I would really encourage you to read um, what I've written on my Patreon because I'm really digging into a lot of these issues I, I, um, yeah, in really, so, really so great some, detail.
3: Bro.
1: No, no, but for real, I, this is what I talk about: is like the the concept of community that attended these other forms right. of subjectivity, inspiration, sharing.
0: Yeah, um, and that's what I mean. The blog yeah, you were, era. You were saying the blog era is like. Uh, Definitely, probably the last time that happened in some form for music. Um, but here's a little, uh, a little optimism to pump into the, this conversation. Maybe the yeah. kind of uh, Patreon model is the new blogger.
1: I mean, I write about this on the Patreon, in, in which I, in the intro to my Patreon, I like talk about how I think Patreon is probably not the model because it, it's super you know, like the, the, the patron model is weird. It's, I already, I mean, I'm I'm actually really enjoying doing it, but it's already, there's already some weird energy where I can tell people think they have some access to me, which is like, comes from a little bit of a alienating kind of reifying extractionist kind of impulse. But I mean, that's also just a feature of being an artist too. You learn that a lot of people have very different concepts about what you, what you should do. I've like gotten in like verbal altercations with people from the stage who are like, it's not even, sometimes someone will request a song from the crowd and you're like, you can just tell like, that's fucking awesome. I love that they said that. And other people, you really evidence in just a, a beat that they view the entire world on a kind of subway sandwich, uh, model of like i'm the customer and i'm always right and i'm gonna make my sandwich however the fuck i want like you can go into Subway and you can tell them to make you something absolutely disgusting
0: right um Uh right
1: this obviously suggests that you could have them make something good there which is like a different question you know but like you know i still just like fuck with chefs
2: you know i fuck with chefs bro (laughs) <laughs> so you're being you're being you're you're the chef on your patreon you're like you're designing the like the whole world view
1: well no the patreon i want to view more as a scene right um, yeah. and i'm like a member in it and there actually are some people sharing there's like a works in progress part of the discord that i started and people are sharing like amazing shit it's like fucking it's crazy to me like you know like yeah like ar's if i was like an a r at like terrible records or something i'd like be on i'd subscribe to my patreon so that i could use the discord as a
2: way to find new artists yeah
1: right um
2: yeah it's cool the most vibrant place on the internet that i I use at the moment just like i'm just like what wow all these
0: people yeah i mean also the vibe problem is though it's
2: so siloed out you know what i
0: mean
1: like what happens in one like yeah the thing about the blogs was that it was all fucking public facing in this super open way. Yeah. And everybody was doing it cuz they wanted to. Right. Like the problem with the Patreon thing is like that nobody signs up for a Patreon cuz they're just charged up to do a Patreon. They're doing yeah. it cuz they need a publishing platform. They need to get some money in. They need some you know, organizational
2: whatever infrastructure. It does. Yeah, it a big question for us, it does really feel more really DIY. It feels more it.
0: DIY than anything else you could do right now, though, which I appreciate. No, but
2: remember, we did not think back. We did, like we we had a lot of hesitation about doing. Oh that, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Liked the idea of them just being on streaming. Right.
0: Whatever, well, I want because well, I don't. I don't like. I think you agree. On number two, I don't like things being exclusive at all. Like I do the podcast because I want people to hear them. I don't want it to be. Inaccessible like that, but uh, I don't know. Right. That was my initial hang up. Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. But ex- what you said about the blogs, exactly. Like I, I, that's what was great about them. I, like you wanted your shit to just be out there and as accessible as it could be. Really, it was. Um, yeah. There wasn't this kind of agenda in that way. There wasn't like a quota to fill or like a you had to do a certain amount of whatever in a certain yeah time frame. It's it even was,
1: weirder. It's even weirder than you wanted people to listen to it. It was, there were people there. It was so, it was so like unique. It was like, it was like a scene. I guess this is what it would be like
3: right. if we were exactly. like
1: from actually from a different era. Cause I grew up in like Colorado suburbia, you know, like there was no scene where I was, there was nowhere to gather that wasn't like completely capitalized and right. and vacant um, but I imagine, like, you live in, like, whatever, like, you live in, like, South England in the 1990s, and, like, you, you like, meet these people who hang out at this abandoned building, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're all on the dole. You should go on the dole. And you're like, oh, cool. I'll go on the dole. I'm going to go hang out with those people. And you go there, and they're like, yeah, we got these drum machines. Like, check this out. And you're like, whoa, sick. And they're like, yeah we're inventing a new kind of music.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
1: like it was just like a thing that happened cause people were there and doing it. And it's, that was what it was on the blogs. It was like, it was like, Oh, I found a new blog today. Like it wasn't like you'd go to a, a blog aggregator and find a new blog through that, which isn't even finding it's being given. Right. I, like right. I, I really think about it now. Like how the fuck did I find some of the shit?
0: Yeah. You know, oh, it was totally.
1: pre Twitter, pre Instagram. Of course it was like, like, you know, someone would like reach out to you and you'd reach out back to them and then you'd follow each other's fucking blog spots. And like, then like that you were on their compilation, like I said, it's like, that was just the, the energy it was really free um, in a super
2: cool way. What? Well, something I n- yeah. noticed it with with Carl's and hipster runoff, w- w- and he and he's talked a lot about it. Um, just like how he self commercialized his own website into kind of like a, a tabloidy sort of indie music scene mm-hmm. thing, and that wasn't. I mean, and there was ad traffic, and like he did start becoming a part of like the system at large in some sense, and it wasn't like a Patreon, like there was no paywall, but like you know, there's banner ads and there's things like that, and. Right. Um, I was trying to trace like when did blogs end and like where did hipster runoff it because like that, that was a to me that was like a, a pitchfork of blog spots was hipster runoff and then there was like subsidiary like you know blogs that no one looked hipster at runoff was like it. the vice of blog spots yeah that's good
1: you know it's like the do's and don'ts turned into a entire thing <laughs> it was also just so uncorked dude like yeah the the thing is like now like every single like thing that appears on a website has to have like a tagline. That's seven words. That's click clickable. You know, you're like, you're like, what beer will Barty strange not drink? Like I click on that. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just like some fucking copywriter ass ethos for everything. Whereas like for my blog, it was like absolutely obtuse writing, it, like a, a, a headline would be like I started remembering in 1989 and then I'd just be like free associatively like writing poetry I'd embed like a song somewhere in there there wasn't like hey like here's a new song like stream it share it like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sure you like show it to all your friends it's just like this kind of thing right and also with hipster runoff it was like it was so melted like the energy of the page was melted
2: it was sick
1: (laughs) yeah it was really cool i mean but it was also like kind of menacing
2: oh Um, oh, yeah
1: yeah you'd like go on there it was like it felt like you were looking at something you shouldn't be looking at exactly
3: (laughs) right Right.
1: i remember i had dinner with him in like 2012 i went to dinner with someone and we and she like brought she was like oh my friend's coming too i was like cool like show up in there and she was like yeah this is my friend like he does hipster runoff and i was like (laughs) sitting across the table from him and i was like oh no i was like i'm fucking sitting with the, the fucking the, the enemy you know like there was like a real kind of antagonism with him and like all of music culture which was
0: yeah which was cool oh yeah
1: that would get shut down now that would be like called like you know the toxic positivity of the contemporary situation would shut that down
2: you know hard oh yeah
3: enough. oh yeah that, well,
2: we've experienced some of that with like film culture because I think maybe that was part of the inspiration. But, um, oh, yeah, but I even feel us like kind of self modifying what we're doing based off of us knowing that everything is so ultra posy now that like you almost can't really exist or survive by continuing to do that or to continue to roast and yeah, that I mean, motor.
1: that's why I said like the deal, you know, there's an un, you cannot deny the main feature of a lot of these developments being like. Neoliberal economics making the cost of living just demented. Yeah. Like crazy, bro. Like what's happening?
0: (laughs) I also don't think that um, like roasting is inherently negative.
1: Mm. No, it isn't. Of course. People are just like, I mean, like, you know, I'm like a really sensitive person. So like, I don't really like, you know, like. I don't think I could have taken a big hipster runoff roast. Right, Um, just too like fragile of an ego ultimately.
0: I
3: feel you.
1: But but yeah, like I think it can be positive. I think a lot of people like you know, like in a way, I think hipster runoff probably made the career of like vampire weekend and shit. Exactly, I'm
0: saying it's not even that it's positive. It's just the. Roasting is it's kind like of, the
1: no news is bad news kind of logic yeah it it's, also just yeah.
0: it it kind of canonizes stuff as um it solidifies something's aesthetic and it's like a place in culture and this kind of thing it's a uh, it, it it is it is what create it helps to create a
2: scene that's why we'd like to take credit for all of Eugene's success exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, Eugene is such a fucking legend. I never. This is like the thing. Like I really like Eugene. Like Eugene, I think of him and I think like I want to spend time with Eugene. and never
2: see Eugene. He's out there. Oh, he's there.
1: I know. I know he is. I mean, same he thing. You know, of Eugene. <laughs> Eugene and I. Uh, oh yeah, you guys. Eugene the and real. I get on. Yeah. No, we get on famously, but Eugene is way like more. Eugene's way. I mean, he's less so like this now, but he's... Like, when I first met Eugene in 2012 or something, he was so buck, dude. He was so, (laughs) like, fundamentally uncorked as a human. Like, he would just say the most fucking uncorked shit at the wrong... the most wrong time.
0: He's incredible. Maybe still a little like that. I I don't know about enough as much as back then but um
1: i saw like a video of him the other day and i was like damn eugene feels like mature like wizened
2: <laughs> yeah no he, he has changed no i met him a, a long time ago and i remember being like wow that was the most uncomfortable like it was the most uncomfortable i had been around another human in a long time <laughs> like, <I> was <laughs> eugene like, no, had I that energy really Wait, when ahead. did you? When did you meet? No, him? I was just gonna say like I like I can't, there were certain things that he said to me that I still remember. I was like, I can't believe he fucking said that to me. Like, where does <laughs> Eugene you, like, had that I, energy
1: I, in New York where like you take him to a party and like there was some likelihood that he was gonna get like punched in the face by someone. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was Whereas, like, be my vibe to punch him in the face. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like a little bit. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like a little bit more like. I have, like, a self-preservative, like, ego-slash-self-image. I'm not as, like, right. debased.
2: Yeah. Um, right. He's yeah. really advanced. I think once people, Super like, advanced, t- yeah. tune into like, oh, this guy's really, like, he might be being an asshole, but he's he's so advanced that you kind of have to accept it. Right, because yeah, it's also exactly. not,
0: it's not as simple as, like, this guy doesn't care what people think, because I don't think that's true at all. Um, right. It, yeah, exactly. It's more advanced than that. It's uh, more nuanced
2: and so are you oh.
1: thank you big dog
0: i mean you know there's definitely like a species
1: of, of freak that eugene fits into and i like i love these people i always like i always like really gravitate towards them
0: yeah totally. like you
1: know you know chris borgley friend of the pod i believe oh yeah yeah same he energy where you're just chris. like bro like you gotta be careful out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you it's really something do. about it. You're just like, this is impressive. You know who else is like that? Is Annie. Annie has the same
0: energy. Yeah. Oh, hundred 100%. percent. Yeah. Hundred. Yeah. percent. That, that's why we love her. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. just
1: free, free, free and freaky energy. You know, you gotta love it. It's really such exactly, a kind of a. Uh, it's a kind of heroism, you know.
2: It is. It absolutely. Yeah, and is. I'm a coward. Where I'm ultimately a
1: coward. That's the thing. At the end of the day, I'm ultimately a coward.
0: Well, I, I I agreed with you. I think um, doing an anonymous podcast where I let it, get it off my chest, you know, at least once a week has really helped me uh, overcome some of that cowardliness. Get it off your chest, Bert, man.
1: Yeah. If I could convince um, anybody to give me money to do an anonymous record, I would. But sadly, I have to do the full fucking, you know, like the... Autopoesis of making myself into this like pr goblin every time i put something out
0: yeah right yeah Yeah. you just have to now
1: you have to i have to like post i have to like get a like a so-called professional photographer to like take hot pics of me (laughs) to put out (laughs) on the internet and say like i'm making a new record and like yeah that's just the part of the deal
2: how much do you need bro (laughs) 20k All right, we'll talk after the
1: podcast. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that would be a massive. Honestly, that would be a massive turn if the Ion Pack was like low key mad moneyed and just started <laughs> like, like kind of like a new patron system, patron of the art. <laughs> that,
2: well, that's what happened when when fuck Jerry came on board. All the my dog just in. my dog just came up from under the covers like hacking.
1: <laughs> oh, damn. maybe puking. TBD.
2: He might be trying to tell us something.
1: <laughs> That's cool that you guys brought fuck Jerry on. That's really cool. <laughs> that guy gets a brought, bad rap, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he he brought us on, but you know, big shouts to him. Yeah, yeah, big shouts, yeah, big shouts to
1: Jerry. Honestly, Jerry did a really good job with the um, most recent Sofia Coppola movie. Um, he's I do heard a great he's job doing with your
2: anonymous record.
1: My anonymous record, yeah, he's he did a great job, I thought, with the Telfar bag. Like, he's doing a lot of really good stuff. You know, putting his weight behind
0: a lot of big projects. That's <laughs>
2: that's, what he, that's he's what the king of it. Too. Yeah, he's a hero. So are you? Wait, I feel like I
0: had one. Thanks, boys. Wait, there, I had one. How more... how, edit, how much
1: editing do you guys do? Is this going to be like an eternal pod?
0: Yeah, I, we we barely edit. I mean, if there's like a <laughs> we add the intro yeah I we add know. the intro in and um God. maybe I feel maybe terribly sorry up. for anyone if anyone
1: has listened
0: um, for the duration morning. of this conversation oh, it's, in, it's insane heat i well maybe okay <laughs> all right well okay yeah let's no, maybe wrap no, no, wrap actually, it up with a with an with a yeah, yeah. optimistic yeah we're here uh, ask as many questions as you
1: want i'm with it we got to we're, we're rolling
0: now let, let's try to let's try to go out on a on a posi note and not a toxic sure. posi note. Let's just like, uh, Okay. let's um, straight up posi. I don't even know if this is posy, but, uh, because it might be still hopeless, but, uh, sure. I, something you said towards the beginning that I thought was interesting is your f- friend wrote that thing about the resurgence of rock, just as you were starting to make a rock record. Um, mm-hmm. and clearly that was not like, uh, that shows that this kind of trend, if you want to call it that, is happening kind of organically. There is some kind of element of uh, collective conscious or whatever.
1: Yeah, the way I put it is that creative signals circulate like weather.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I, I totally agree. I mean, I see it all the time. I um,
1: Yeah, inspiration is always kind of co-inspiration or conspiracy. Right. You know, these are the kinds of things I like to
3: say.
0: Right. So if that happens kind of on an aesthetic level, Maybe it can happen on a, on a kind of, um, on a on a creative ecosystem level, and there can be another way to kind of circumvent this kind of uh, streaming ultra capitalist model of releasing music and art, and uh, there could be another blog era.
1: I mean, I think there could be, and I think the pandemic could be the. I do think that now that music, I mean, it's, the problem is it's just going to be really fucking hard for people to survive. Like, again, the example I gave before was you go on the dole. This is like the Mark Fisher example. He's like, dude, when they made it impossible for people to go on the dole, they eliminated the conditions that made it possible for British people to invent like jungle music. Right. Right. Um, Like when all that shit was like thrown out as like nanny state, you know, welfare state, you know, like under this kind of like precarity, you know, under this like extremely hostile economic um, model, it eliminated the conditions of that kind of scene developing. And I was going to say that like the pandemic, I ran into my friend Brian the other day and he was like, dude, I think that now that touring is just out the window, like the whole, what that means is like, obviously there's like the fans going to venues to see shows played by artists, but there's also the entire apparatus of like PR booking agents, promoters, bookers, like, you know, there's, and then like the ticket sales as like a necessary, as like a fuel for this engine, the business with all of its, you know, different moving parts. Um, now that that business is out the window it'll be interesting to see what kind of music people start making because before maybe you'd think like, Oh, I want to play this live. I want to play at this festival. Like even unselfconsciously, you'd be like, what's on that bill? Like, how could, Oh, if I make the end of this song really big, like I could imagine everyone clapping, like, you know, whatever Yeah, yeah, yeah. these, I'm not saying that people were making these things, these decisions, calculations consciously. It's on a much more like kind of like animal fearful level. You're like, I need to eat the way to eat is to get, to be able to sell 250 tickets in order to sell 250 tickets. I have to do X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, these kinds of calculations have infected people, their creative process. Maybe now that that is sort of out the, now that that's out the window, I'm curious, like, what kind of music people will be making. Right. I mean, I'm making a record right now for the first time since my first record, where I have absolutely no aspirations of playing it live. That's the thing for my first record too, is the entire act was on the blog. I never, I only played shows on it because people liked the record and were like, hey, you should play shows. Like my manager, who was my friend was like, yo, we could make like 750 bucks if you go to Sweden. I was like, fuck, okay. I got to figure out how to do a live show, you know, like, and I've obviously fell in, fell in love with performing it's a really important thing to me. It's a very important part of my life. Um, it's been so revelatory. I mean, it's been like really revelatory to me in terms of like real deal, fucking gnosis and experiential, um, just priceless experiences. Um, but again, I'm making a record now that has no, aspirations of being performed right well, so maybe that, it'll be like fire yeah
0: in virtue well, of that. yeah maybe it's just like you know now people don't have anything to lose it's like they feel like they can't they have less uh, kind of uh concrete career objectives that they're kind of working towards so they yeah or, or maybe uncorked, this
1: just think. puts the streaming nail in the fucking coffin and people only people start making music to tap capital, the only capital streams that are available to them, the streaming streams. You know, oh, like
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, that's where this could really go downhill is like Spotify live stream concerts is now replaces live music and it's just like Spotify becomes some like Amazon of music, you know what I mean?
2: Well you start I mean, seeing it with film stuff already, just with like every you know, every things being straight to Netflix or Eugene yep. uploading his lost movie onto the website. And yep. I don't think I'm not I don't think that that's wrong necessarily, but like it, it is already starting to like it's a different thing. It set indexes of expectations is something. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. indexes something.
1: Again, this is the thing, it's not I'm not like talking shit about anyone in particular. I'm mm. really like looking at this at the level of like Exactly history. Yeah, and
3: it's like, like
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that like Warner giving their entire um, release schedule for 2021 to Disney or whatever they did, I don't even know the, or HBO or something. Like all the movies are just coming out. It's like, yeah. that's it. Movie theaters are done then. It's over. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit less depressed now than I was like maybe six months ago, but I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone she's in New York and we're just kind of like trying to take stock of like what's going on. And I was like, it's over. Like, she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) It's over though. It's like all over, you know, like there is one analysis. There's one, there's one path we're on right now. I mean, this is like when I see like the like anti-masker people, like, like plowing into Erewhon and yelling at people that masks don't work. I, I have like a minimally, generous reading of their behavior which is that they understand that we are on the precipice of a change after which we will not be able to recognize ourselves
2: yeah yeah and
1: they're reacting like fucking morons about it um but they're at least reacting like you know they're at least like seem to indicate that they know how fucking
2: grave this is
1: i mean they don't know they're fucking morons they're acting like psychopathic pricks i yeah, don't have I any that empathy that anger, for them
2: the the anger in a way exactly. c- could be viewed through the lens of something that's empathetic where which is that like maybe maybe it does come from the fear of like is is reality as we know it changing in a way that looks yeah more it's like the there's you you yeah. I don't have to say it shows their that they have a really but... low
1: threshold for for how they can recognize themselves like they think like if i can't go to Get my haircut, then I'm not me. It's like, bro, you can wait and not get a haircut. But they at least recognize that they are they might lose themselves. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, Yeah. So that's well, like, right. the big well, that's, thing for that's me. that's what's is, sympathetic about it. Could it could all is, be gone. It could all be gone.
0: It, the kind of um, paranoia and frustration and anger that leads to that reaction is what's sympathetic, not the reaction itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was like such an absolutely nightmarish day.
0: Um, oh yeah. You know, well, I, I like, about this for a second.
1: <laughs> I know bro. It's so, it's so staggering. I actually noted to a friend today that like, I feel like I've entered a new level of like really just like that kind of like cold and uneventful depression around these things where like, I don't even get the jouissance of, like, observation anymore. I don't get any fucking pleasure in thinking about what's happening. It's just such insanity and just so many different forms of evil and stupidity and embarrassing fucking cringe ass bullshit. It's just like terrible. It's just
2: terrible. I know. I'm totally desensitized to it. Exactly, like, I was, like how crazy it was today, and I was like, I, I was like i actually can't even process it being any crazy or less crazy than anything else that's happened in the world. Well, and this years. is also, the like, and it's danger. definitely
1: this is the thing is it's definitely one of the craziest things that can could have happened. Like yeah. there's a guy named Q Shaman <laughs> who has like a headdress with bull's horns standing in the fucking Capitol building on the chair, like c- claiming it for his fucking psychotic tribe of racists. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like I... literally the, well, if someone was like, Hey, yo, you know, what's going to happen in 2021? Like if somebody hits me in like 2012. They like text me like an anonymous number. Like get this, what's going to happen in 2021. I'd be like, man, that was wacky. That's some wacky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> some wacky wild truly truly buck wild energy out there these days
2: It just barely registers now it's like it is like i see the visual and i read the story and i engage with it on every level of my being and it's like I, it can't even emotionally hit me anymore i mean i might be alone but i just no I'm i just i like, totally yeah, agree because also it's the, um you know, just makes me like,
1: honestly it just makes me enormously sad i just feel like really like it's the thing is it's like doom but it doesn't even have the interestingness where i read this recently some quote i was in this mediocre ass book i read this mediocre ass book i hate that because when you know you're about halfway through it, and you're like i can't not finish this and it's like 350 pages but one of the things he was talking about is like the biggest problem with like life is that it doesn't even have the guts to be meaningless (laughs) you know what i mean it's like like the, the sadness I feel about this is so monumental and it's not even turning into some kind of like thing that I feel like I could grab onto and like galvanize myself and the people around me to do the right thing. It's just like pure, yeah, well, just pure suffering. And I feel so terrible for like every single fucking person of color in this country who's just like being incessantly slapped in the face and then and now it's like this meta slap. And there's no sense that it's going to change in any way. I'm very, very... It's like, I feel grief, but I don't even know... Yeah, it's really right, fucking it, monstrous, bro.
0: It, Not that this is a new thing, but because the idea that there is an answer or a kind of antidote, uh, even if you don't know what that antidote or answer is, maybe before you still kind of have this abstract thing in your head of like, we need to change this. We need to change capitalism and then that can change. We need to, And then when things start to kind of spiral, you start to realize it isn't as simple as the, an answer. You know what I mean? Well, it is.
1: It is definitely, I mean, the, like there, I just disagree. I think at the end of the day, it, it absolutely is as simple as, as changing um, the means of production, the distribution of wealth and, access to healthcare and education and
0: shit like I mean I think that's a, I, I obviously agree that that Yeah. I agree with that but I don't agree that that's the full answer I guess.
1: I mean yeah the full answer the full answer would be some kind of like absolutely dedicated individual and collective psychoanalysis and mourning and 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 working through of the yeah. entire slaughter bench of history. Exactly. And I do
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's possible.
1: The the scales of justice, like what it would actually take to balance the scales of justice, I don't think it's like out of our. I'm I'm not like it's not possible for finite human beings. I think it just, again, it's like the amount of non-pleasure that it would take is basically unacceptable to to our entire entire people. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe me, maybe me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't actually think i've done the i'm not like speaking from the position of someone who's done like all the hard reckoning and shit like whatever i've done like enough to see just how much work it would take like just even in my own psychology the the amount of like absolutely vexing like intergenerational fucking trauma that i have to work through just to not be like a dick to people i date yeah
0: yeah, yeah. like
1: that's like that should be easy and that's not easy so yeah obviously like it's like a real real quick path to like a fucking massive doom pill these days.
2: You did. You did take the hoodie off to reveal the disappointment crew neck. <laughs> Which I oh, thought was very, yeah. very poetic. <laughs> That's comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, we, this we're...
1: is my favorite shirt. Guess what, bro? Guess where I got this shirt? Two where? bridges.
2: Oh, there you go. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think over the course of this conversation i've i've gained a lot of uh empathy for the asshole that works there um yeah i actually I, that i've been view. also thinking that
0: yeah i've been also thinking that um
1: yeah to be fair i think it's a bunch of assholes not just one
3: yeah
0: <laughs> but i yeah i mean i don't know i guess i look at uh i do look at art as something that should be um Should be as communal as possible, but, uh, I don't know. You, you, you know, you've, you've swayed me a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's again, like probably like there's like an important dialectical balance between the communal, the as communal as possible and the as gate kept as possible. Um,
0: yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, I agree that scenes, you know, are important, but, uh, mm-hmm. I think the scene should be accessible to anyone who wants to be a part of the scene is, is, is I guess what I think. Yeah,
1: I do too. But I just think that like, basically I believe that like there are meaningful kinds of like rites and rites of passage and, and rituals and shit. Like, yeah, that's true. You know how it is. Like you have like a little brother or whatever and he like wants to hang out with you and you're like,
0: no, I'm
3: like yeah, shut yeah, the yeah.
1: fuck up. And then like, you know, you're both like 19 and 14 and you're like, you know what? You know what, Brock? You're actually pretty cool.
3: <laughs> you know what?
1: You know what, Brock? Come hang with me and my buds. Have a cold one, and, and then that, you like ex- you take him into the scene. You like, you know, give him a cold yeah. one. You, there's like, a, you know, there's the, the, the giving of the cold one, um, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, shouldn't be undervalued, you know?
0: Right, but yeah, I, also, know, I also I also would never want to like uh, discourage someone from trying to make something, even if I do agree that ninety nine point nine percent of the good yeah art that there is did come from, you know, a real knowledge and uh trial and error and um rites of passage kind of trajectory that the artist took. I still wouldn't want to discourage anyone from trying something because they feel like maybe it's too late to kind of start this trajectory or if it's uh yeah, or they don't no have doubt. what it takes How or something.
1: Ever. You know what I mean? I would encourage I would love for you to spend like two weeks in the like professional pop songwriting circuit oh, I, in los angeles yeah.
0: Th- this is this and is telling really you do meet
1: like dozens of people who like who you really think should just pack it up and yeah. go back
0: to- <laughs> <laughs> no we've talked about this this is why i never moved to la even though everyone was always like yeah new york is not the place for music you should go to la because and even though i'm sure a lot of those people are uh, you know talented some of them um, it really feels yeah. like, like, who is this for? And it's, I feel like I have this image in my head of like, uh, they, all these songwriter producers go to the coffee shop on the way to the studio and hear each other's music playing in the coffee shop and then just then go make music. That's like influenced by the, their peers that they just heard. And it just becomes more and more kind of. Yeah, we
2: talk about music that has the veneer of like the LA cafe sauce flavor. Yeah, you can I mean, sure. You can, you can, you can tell when an artist it's, moves it's to It's just
0: Spotify core. Yeah. yeah. You can tell when an artist moves to LA. You can hear it.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes. I'd like, I, the thing is, I like kind of moved to LA on the heels of my record that I think sounded like I moved to LA, but I was actually <laughs> just taking too strong a dose of Lexapro. <laughs> and then when I moved to LA, I went off Lexapro and I made my like, most like caustic suicidal music
0: yeah right um,
1: yeah
0: so are, are you yeah. off SSRIs?
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: sorry for that's well, too personal but i i i i also recently stopped and uh, i totally feel that job.
1: yeah i mean i think everybody has very different again it's like all of this shit everybody has very different reasons for doing it and very different experiences of it but i have to say like when i look back at that period of my life kind of don't recognize myself yeah um it's quite eerie um yeah i don't know i think maybe i'm far enough away from it now that i can look at it as kind of a really long like trip on the level of personality yeah like Mm -hmm. a personality journey trip but i just think i was really just had bad taste and was like (laughs) exceedingly like Um, bag chasing and and positive frankly
2: yeah right well you were on drugs (laughs) yeah i was i was zooted i was off a fucking daily bean bro (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't medicated early in my life but i took drugs and i don't recognize that guy either because i was fucking on drugs
3: yeah
1: yeah it's a lot definitely a lot but again some people take it because they need it to not disappear from
2: yeah yeah,
1: reality, and that's like,
0: yeah.
2: All right, go off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, not changing that at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I but I also feel like you you <laughs> kind of stay. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: I know what the fuck. <laughs> I'm i know. Like exhausted. What's, I feel beat what's going up.
0: going on? <laughs> I, I had a feeling that it was going to go this route because this was the mood I was in all day. I was like, I hope uh, they're in in better moods,
2: so maybe like. No, I'm shocked, bro. I was like, maybe we'll talk about Burial. but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe we'll talk about
1: Burial. What do Um, you guys think of the new Burial? It's
0: far. It's far. I don't think he's really ever missed, (laughs) personally. (laughs) I don't think
1: he's ever missed. I I don't think he's ever missed. I think my main problem with it now is that the ceiling is just so high that, like, I think if, like, somebody showed me the new Burial track and they were like, check out this track from this artist i just found on my spotify i'd be like this is the greatest living artist right um but because <laughs> like, it's not like some of the highest high moments from his work i'm like
2: decent yeah i'll yeah, rinse right. it yeah totally yeah it's like it's a banger yeah. yeah yeah
0: but that's the thing burials like we've talked about this burial like you came and really experience it like you experience other music it really kind of has its own
1: Flow. oh it's singular for sure yeah dude i mean i remember like it's 2006 i just moved to new york and Untrue came out and i read a review of it and i couldn't they didn't there was no music shared with the review and i spent the entire day walking around the lower east side going to different record stores until i found it at a record store and i bought the cd and i just was like i was so fucking shocked i like it's the kind of shit where like i played it for like my parents because i was like they gotta hear this shit my mom was like this shit
3: sucks
1: (laughs) (laughs) i remember i told my mom i was like yeah i love to put it on headphones and like walk around like brooklyn at night like we're walking back from the train and her response was like make sure you're not wearing your headphones when you walk around there at night because you could get mugged (laughs) yeah that's exactly (laughs) what my mom was was, like (laughs) no mom come on like it's it's burial you feel the streets mom mom like it's like burial it's like fire he's like he's like from <laughs> london and shit yeah,
0: he's like mad sad I was like, shut the fuck up brock <laughs> um, <laughs> um all right all right here's here's closing question love it favorite burial
1: i mean it's got to be come down to us
0: yep, yeah yep 100 percent,
1: yeah yeah. It really—it's it's like, like the, Hiders. Hiders come down to us. It's just like yeah, so yeah it's fucking the, unimpeachable.
0: Yeah, it really—it's like one of the best things ever created, not even just music. It's
2: just the whole thing. Well,
1: it's, it's also just, yeah. It's definitely like a mixed media art.
2: Exactly. Object, right? Exactly. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is cinema to me. Yeah. It's it's like uh, exactly. it's,
0: it's very narrative yeah. <laughs> in that way.
1: It's it's fucking cinema for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's like, you mean cinematic? It's like, no, dog. Yeah, Sinema, <laughs> Sinema,
2: bro. Right.
0: That's
1: pack. My dab rig. Pack that dab for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dude,
2: that was so our vibe when it first dropped. Yeah. Oh, for, we sure, for it. sure, We lost it. I mean, that's a per, yeah. perfect ending. Yeah, here for from me. Come down to Love us. it Come down to
1: thank us. you, Tom. Oh, hold on, yeah, one thing. To, yeah. yeah that I really would recommend one of my favorite records of the whole 2020 is this mixtape from the artist Taurus, you know, Taurus, Mm
0: -hmm. no,
1: um, T O R V S it's a good friend of mine. Um, he made a mixtape where he starts it by doing something to burial, which I think is absolutely of like a huge fucking consequence that nobody has ever done before. He takes the sample, the, the, spoken recording from come down to us. And he takes those samples and creates a new sound world of it. It's sort of in the same key has some of the similar energy to burial, but he takes the burial and he turns it into a folk idiom. Like, you know, the the basic premise of folk music was like this kind of like no one owns these songs.
0: Yeah, You know, Bob
1: Dylan plays them, someone else plays them, someone else plays them. They existed as kind of like intracultural texts Mm -hmm. that had an infinite possible of iterations and personalizations. And he does like it's not a cover of burial. It's like it it it's a it's a I don't know, he it like it's an event. He like takes the burial song and creates the iterability of it in this unbelievable way. It's fucking it blew my mind when I heard it.
2: Yeah, yeah I, remember, I, re- I remember reading that like Lawrence English was talking about the rival dealer EP as like a, f- as folk music. And I thought that was really interesting. And so that sounds like the ultimate yeah. like expanded fiction version of like, Oh, these songs are for everyone. That's really cool. I got to check that out. Yeah. Highly also
0: because it. we, we use a, uh, the spoken word part of come down to us in our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah.
3: Sick. Wait, who's the guest? <laughs> it was just that us. Was solo. Yeah.
1: Oh, just the boys, love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, just the boys. Well, we'll do uh, we'll do sub for sub with your
2: Patreon, then you can hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Make so, sure to subscribe uh, and share, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I will. I'll subscribe and share. <laughs> it's also isn't it inc- unconscionable that Patreon doesn't have like a guest list functionality? I know. Like, you can't ri- give someone ridiculous. free access? I know it's, it's ridiculous. Like, we wanted
0: hard. to give. Um, I'm some on people this because
1: they like the reason I'm doing one of the reasons I'm doing the Patreon is they reached out to. My manager to see if i wanted to do a patreon and so i'm like doing this like kind of user feedback with them and yeah. m- the first thing i said was you have to integrate this feature like yeah i need to be able to give like the influencers at the ion pack free access to my patreon right <laughs> <Bro.
2: laughs> like i mean at I least to anybody we can't it's like why can't i know i, I want to give it to my, my parents mom and do shit. i don't shit. want my yeah. mom to subscribe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my mom subscribed <laughs> turn
1: up what's up mom yeah which
2: was a huge turn up
1: what's good pack <laughs>
2: one mom uh <laughs> um, well this is kurt from kurt's world <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right boys it's been a pleasure thank you it, it really yeah, has thank man. You so much
0: damn damn we really um, got into it
1: i know next time we can all be in the same city let's hang
0: absolutely I love that yeah we actually yeah, might nice be out one. there sooner rather than later so
1: oh hit me up yeah for sure cool all
0: right, dude. All right bro Bye. Peace. peace this has been the ion pack in conversation with Tom Krell aka how to dress well again if you want to hear a lot more where that came from go to www.patreon.com slash the ion pack
3: you won't regret it you already know
2: patreon